All right, Zach, take two. Get the song going. Are you ready for this? Mortal Kombat! Oh, wait, that's wrong. A remix! Wub, wub, wub? Hello, strangers on the internet, diving into a realm of horror and objectivist fantasy. Welcome to Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. This week, we crank up the nautical puns to 11 with the Bioshock series, the collection of thought-provoking games that take us under the sea and high in the sky. What do we remember? Are we fans? Is that a plasmid in your hand, or are you just happy to see me? Hi, I'm Drew, and a fun fact about myself... If I were to build a utopian society, I would build it in a pocket dimension so that, you know, I could have all kinds of places and all kinds of weird things to have happen in my utopia. Because it's my utopia. Alright, hold up. That's that's fucking cheating. Is it? That's like saying, I'm going to build my super evil base <laughs> in a pocket dimension so no rapscallion heroes can get in. Yeah. It's true. I, I'm surprised you didn't say... I want to put it in a pocket dimension so that when it all goes horribly wrong, at least it doesn't affect anyone else. You know, that would be like if I was a good person who like was trying to be responsible, but I mean, maybe I'm not, you know? And like, how do you know you my know, utopia no. isn't evil? Maybe it's a good utopia. You know, that's that's fair. It might be a utopia disguising and trading as a dystopia or something. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Sky Fortresses too, but you know, that's neither here nor Ooh, there. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. In fact, my one. utopia uh, is a Sky I... Fortress. End of story. <laughs> Shit. In a pocket dimension? Yes. Alright. That's a very oddly specific pocket dimension. Well, I mean, it's just pocket dimension. You can know whatever the fuck you want with this. This, um, utopian society. I guess it's, I'll wait. It's flying. Is there a ground? Um, there is a ground. That's why I want it flying. So you can look down upon all the majesty of the ocean and the mountains and say, Huh, that's cool. Okay, so your utopian society is in a pocket dimension that includes both the ground and the sky and the utopia? You know what? It's a parallel universe where I have a sky fortress and the money to keep it going. All right. You know, cool. Zach, for a fun fact, you're really taking a lot of the fun out of this. I hate fun. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude. Uh, hi, my name. We'll try this again. Hello, my name is Adam. Uh, and fun fact, if I were to build a utopian society where, you know, people can just kind of do whatever and it's all peace and everything's great, um... Where, would I ha- where the hell would I put this? Anywhere your heart desires, Adam. It could be the, in the middle sky. of a plane. It could be in Atlanta. Like, you know. Atlanta? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna put my utopia. <laughs> I'm gonna put my uh my utopian city in the middle of Atlanta. Amazing. Unless you meant like unless you meant like Atlantis, but I don't know if that No, he meant Atlanta. Way. Definitely meant Atlanta. Uh if I were to have it okay, honest to God, if I were to have a utopian society, it'd probably be a space colony. Ooh. Ooh. The one caveat is as far as I know about space colonies, people are constantly thinking, hey, what if I drop that space colony on the planet? Oh. And I don't really want to deal with that shit, like, at all. Mm, side so, note, Adam, I was totally looking up Gundam Wing lore today, so thank you for just making that all full circle. Why do they always <laughs> want to drop colonies? I don't Why know. is that the go-to thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. And, Anyways. Right. Hi there. My name is Zach. And if I could put a utopian society anywhere, 
I'll pick a very mundane option and say I will put it in a canyon. Hmm. Which makes it well protected against both the elements and outside invaders. Always the practical and, man. And oh. from fucking pesky teenagers with mobile suits trying to drop colonies on the planet. Yeah, that too. I mean, you drop the colony, what does it fall on top of? The top of the canyon, not the rest of it. That's where you live. Hmm. Yeah. Now I gotta ask a very important question. What's the mm-hmm. important this question? This canyon you're gonna put your this canyon you're gonna put your utopian society in. Yeah. Um, is it very? Is it kind of cool? Is it great? Would you say it's grand? Yeah, I definitely. It would be. It would be the grandest canyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grand Canyon's pretty cool. Grandest Canyon has a utopian <laughs> civilization under it. It's pretty good. Yep. Oh dear, oh dear. I mean, I only do what I can, mm-hmm. and what I can do is utopia. Mm. We you can know. all we can all do utopia in our own special, unique way. I'll do you utopia. Oh wait, that uh, make sense. Uh, I'm not as hot on that. <laughs> Drew, save me from this terrible joke and tell me about your week. Oh, Adam, I'd love to tell you about my week. So it's been a fun one. I have. I have been a bit busy at work. There have been some changes going on. Uh, you know, a few people from the team left, which was kind of sad. But that is very sad. It is. It is. So, um, you know, some things switched around. Did- I was going to go see my brother this weekend, but he was working. So instead, I went out to the DNA lounge. Um, there was this. There was this kind of like cool party happening there. It was. Um, this hybrid between like a rave and like a goth hangout. So like. On <laughs> so <Wait>. like okay, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. Ah, okay. wait, wait, was it a goth rave? Yes, actually. Um, okay, so, so everyone was wearing like hardcore black zipper time. Well, actually, what happened is so the event was twofold. There were two stages: one in the front, one in the back. And the one in the front was very like candy EDM, and in the back was all like <laughs> industrial like metal and weird moody stuff. So like you had this what? weird division of people where people in the front were like these like you know young hip folks who're like yeah let's dance and sing, and people in the back were kind of just like huddled over like bobbling their heads, going yeah it's pretty cool. That's pretty well right. Mm. Oh my god, it was a mixed EDM fucking goth party. You are you are one hundred percent correct. And they just like they had the division in the middle of that. They, they, this is like. <laughs> Was it olive oil and vinegar don't mix? Yeah, I guess uh, yeah. EDM and God doesn't mix. Well, they separate. I guess. Here's the thing. Well, actually, did they have separate DJs? They did. They did. So what happened is you go to the front where all the energy is at. And then you kind of go through this like corridor in the back to this like darker, more dingy room where there's a bunch of smoke and fog and people in heavy black outfits with all the belts and all the hair colors. Yeah. And, you know, that's where you go if you kind of want to just, like, feel the music. But if you're like, no, I kind of want to move, I kind of want to dance, you kick it up to the front. And that's where they had all the cool light effects, too. So, you know, I liked it. All right. Quite fun. Where were the punks? Where were the what? (laughs) The punks. The punks, um... I I saw some people that could qualify as punk. They were kind of just, like, bobbling back and forth. This party was not popping because there's no punks there's no popping just saying <laughs> just laying it out there for you you know what you know what how about this <laughs> so the way the dna lounge works is there's like the stage area and then on the outside there's like a pizza parlor that's open all the time and that was i guess where the punks were hanging out they weren't dancing, okay they there weren't we singing. go they were, <laughs> they just were eating there pizza they were just eating delicious pizza they were just they were sitting around punks, as punks are known to do it's true it's true <laughs> now, i was gonna say- eat pizza and punch people there we go now, now drew i was gonna tell you the way you're describing this like 
uh, shindig or party. I don't really know what to call it. It's starting to sound like the opening scene of the movie Blade. So um, did Wesley Snipes show up? He did not show up, but there were moments where there was enough smoke where you could maybe see some par- some parallels and some connections. There again were people dressed kind of like that. I saw I saw Damn, more I wish, black capes than I'm used to. How about that? All right. Oh my god. <laughs> wait a second. And you're telling me? Okay. Did you find a vampire? I did not find a vampire, but many people were dressed up with crosses and such. You went to a party mm. with more capes than you can count, and you didn't find a vampire? Come on! Zach, I feel like you're judging me harshly for my life decisions, and I just, I gotta live my truth. How about that? <laughs> Drew, live... did you do anything else with your week, or did you just hang out in Wesley Snipes' house? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, what really I sorry did... for dragging this on. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so for the rest of my week, um, I, I actually, shout out to my friend Michael Block. I went over to his place, um... I went there to go borrow his Wii U so I could finally play Metroid Corruption for next week's shooter episode. Um, and he was, you know, right. kind enough oh. to lend it to me. So big props, big shout out to him. Gonna be playing through that later this week. And more importantly, during my time there, I got to play a very special video game. Oh, so tell me about this special game. So, uh, Michael Block, uh, Michael Block got DBZ Fighters, and we sat down and played a few rounds, very fresh into it. He had kind of booted it up and configured it, and I was there for, like, the initial rounds. And, like, that game is freaking baller and freaking majestic. They nailed it. It's pretty great. <laughs> they, Adam, like, if you haven't picked it up, you gotta pick it up, because, like, it... it... Uh... Wait, have you? I, I picked it up or I pre-ordered it, but it hasn't shown up yet, so I'm kind of wondering, hey, Amazon, uh... Where's that whole one-day delivery business you were on about? Oh, dude. Ooh. So, just so you know... That's not a spicy meatball. So, what uh, what character did you play? So, we did, like, it's it's uh, it's like a Marvel vs. Capcom 3 where you choose three characters and you have, like, teams. So, I think oh. I went through the entire base roster. Um, I started off, you know, going heroes. You know, I had my Goku, my Vegeta, my Gohan... Uh, got my ass kicked by Michael because he plays a lot of fighting games, whatever. Um, let's see here. Then we kind of swapped it around. Eventually, I got Team Villain, which was like Cell, Frieza, some Android guy. Um, oh, no. There was Team Loser, oh. which was Krillin, uh, Yamcha, freaking, I forget the third one, but he died too. Um, we had one very special. Oh, wow. Can't oh, even remember Tien's name. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. What a but team loser you say. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Man, I remember. love Krillin. Why you got to be so harsh on him? Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. Krillin came through in the clutch, though. Like, uh, Michael put a team together where he had Krillin. Um, and I had a team of other folks. And it came down to Krillin versus Vegeta. And... Krillin killed Vegeta and did his happy I win dance. And it was like this weird off-canon version of like the DBC lore. And I was very happy to have died. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, no. But yeah, I've been watching some videos of it. Um, it looks really cool. I really want to play it. Uh, just, haven't gotten, just haven't gotten the damn thing. I'm looking at you, Amazon. Well, Yeah, I mean, Amazon. Adam, I have to ask, why haven't you played DBZ The Fighters? What have you been up to this week? Yeah. Oh, gee, ooh, th- good segue, <laughs> damn. That's right. <laughs> Our transition game's on point today. Uh, so let's see. Um, nothing really big happening uh, with work or anything like that. Nothing nothing like what Drew's going through. Um, I did start 
So la- I think I may-, may have mentioned this last week, but last week I met up with a personal trainer to kind of help me Whoa, like figure out my way right. around the gym. Yeah. And like, I'm going to get in shape and get super ripped for summer so I can be like, oh man, I got that summer beach bod. It's going to be great. Dude, congrats. That's um, awesome. But yeah, so I think I've been, it's been like two weeks now. Um, it's actually been really fun kind of going and like having a better idea of like, I'm going to go do this, this, and this instead of kind of going anywhere. Like having a really mm-hmm. nice setup plan has been cool. Oh, uh, cool. So like, you know, boy, like, all the machines and like, are you doing like muscle targeted workouts now? Because that always seemed like something you eventually do once you get a trainer, but I never really went down that route, you know? Mm. right now it's mostly like just kind of basic body like like strength building of like you know do a chest one uh a abdominal one some leg stuff kind of just to get everything up before we go into like focused uh groups uh, uh, i will say boy my stomach has hurt all like for two weeks because man crunches hurt yeah, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah crunches are especially when you're on uh but you know what? That was all cool and all. But the big thing... Well, hold on. I'll start with the smaller of the two big <laughs> things. Um, so at my office, we have a uh, a Vive. And somebody had the great idea of, hey, guys, let's boot up super hot VR for oh, the Vive. Oh, dang. That game, that game is really fun in VR. It is a pain in the ass to set up. <laughs> oh, shit. We spent oh, no. an hour... We spent an hour trying to just fiddle with the vibe of like, please track the hand, please track the little hand things, please track the headset. Um, the game has decided to tell you absolutely zero about how it's played. Mm. So we spent like a good 15 minutes trying to figure out how do you throw a damn like thing? Like you can pick it up, but you can't, I can't throw it. I can just drop it. Mm. Um, huh. But once we kind of got it working and figured out, it was a lot of fun. Like, you get into this really nice groove of level starts, uh, bash the guy, uh, the guy's knife out of his hand, throw it at him, pick up the shotgun next to you, shoot one guy, shoot two guys, hit the thing to go to the next level, you know, punch this guy out, punch that guy out. And you're all doing this with your body. And it makes me realize something I never really put together about VR. Mm-hmm. Dude, those headsets get like filled with sweat. Oh, oh. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to go so gross with that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like it's very that's just the big takeaway I kind of got from Vive. Like super hot VR, fantastic. If you ever get a chance, I I highly encourage anybody to give it a shot because mm-hmm. it is well worth playing. Mm-hmm. Um VR in general, dude, this Vive outputs so much heat on your face that when I took it off, I was like, oh, "What's happening? I I'm, I'm so it's so hot. What what's happened?" Would you and, say like, it we was... had a stack of super Super hot. Um, yeah, it was pretty great. That w- that was cool. And normally, I'd say that was the highlight of my week, but it wasn't. Well, what happened? My dudes, my dudes. Uh, Monster Hunter World came out this week. Hooray! Oh, no. I'm so I'm aware so of it. Good. It's I'm in, so good. I am in, <laughs> dude. I am in a Monster Hunter chat, and they have not shut up about it. Adam. Oh, bam! This is ter- Adam. Can I Welcome ask? Welcome to a Monster Hunter podcast. <laughs> Adam, can I ask? Aww. I just saw like yes. a really fun GIF of like some cats doing cooking in Monster Hunter. Have you played with the cats yet, or is that coming later for you? I, I have. Uh, is it the one where the cats are cooking the meal yes. and the big cat? Yes. Okay. So when you're in your hub town, whenever you go up, so one of the 
boy, I could just talk forever about Monster Hunter. I just realized uh, that GIF is from when you go out for one of your hunts, you need to cook a meal to kind of get a bunch of buffs. And whenever you cook a meal, you can you can go up to the canteen and be like, hey, chef cats, make me something. And then they'll cook it for you. And you just see these little cats like throw like throw this giant fish and steak on and cook it. And they prepare the meal, and this whole time, this big, like, boss cat is just kind of nodding along. And I feel like Zach would like this part the most, is that this oh. big boss cat is just sitting there staring, and at the very last minute, it zooms in on his eyes, and he opens them, like, you know, the super anime, like, oh, I see, moment. <laughs> and he puts on the garnish. Oh. And that's it. That's all he does. <laughs> and so he's just like, I see, it's my time. Garnish. Oh. Garnish. It's perfect now. Uh, but yes, Monster Hunter World is great. Uh, I got it Friday, and boy, I love this generation of games where I spent most of that day installing the damn thing. Uh. Um, but I did get to play a bit, and then on Saturday I played a bit, and then on Sunday I restarted my character and played some more. Why'd you restart? Um, and the reason I restarted was because... I didn't like the way my character looked, so I redid it because I was like, fuck it, I want to... Well, fair enough. Listen, I spent a lot more... I spent a lot of time in that character creator, but more importantly, I spent a lot of time in the cat creator. Oh, boy. Ca- oh, wait, <laughs> you, do you get to customize your own cat? Yep. Yeah, you have a little cat named Palico who, hunt, who is your hunting buddy, and you get to customize him or her or whatever you want to call it. They, they kind of just leave it as, look, it's a cat. Meow. You know, this uh, game sounds adorable. So I would... So I made my one of my old cats in the game. It's like, this looks great, but something looks off. Time to restart this character and try again. Oh, boy. But yes, um, I like that game a lot. Are, are either of you two interested in picking that up? I am, I am very interested. It looks super cool. <laughs> I've thought about it, but I'm like, I have things I need to, I need to get back. I, mm. I, like, I still need to catch up on Final Fantasy XIV. For me, it looks a lot like what I liked about Fantasy Star Online when I played Fantasy Star Online way back in the day. So that's kind of where my mm-hmm. interest lies. Like, mm. Yeah, man. Mm. Hey, 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 buddy, you know. Uh, well, the one thing I'd say is that so the, PS ver- the PS4 version just came out and there is a PC version coming out in the fall. Mm-hmm. But I kind of encourage people like, hey, if you have a PS4, which I know the, three, the two of you do, mm-hmm. go get it. Let's go hunt. Let's go hunt stuff. And then we could just turn this into a Monster Hunter podcast. Oh, God. You know, and I mean, that's what I call... Yeah. That's what I call hunting monsters. Ooh, that's a good title. Uh, that'll probably be my upcoming weeks. Yeah, many, many weeks. All Monster Hunter. Mm. Um, anyway, so my week... Hello. Hello, Zach. I had a week. Um, so my week, I think I'll start with D&D. Uh, hello. I I ran D&D this weekend, and it worked out really well. Um mm. I can I also, that. Yeah, I know. It, it was cool. Um, people enjoyed it. Uh, the players got to trip out. And I also, I didn't get to trip out, but I did have some delicious mocha from <laughs> from the lovely Drew. And it made me real jittery. Well, it didn't make me really jittery. It kept me really energized throughout the entire session, which helped out a ton. Um, by the time I got home, I had completely crashed, and I was just like, whoa, what is going on? I didn't notice that part. I, I did notice you were very, you had energy, and you were peppy, and I don't know, I'm glad you enjoyed the mocha. I enjoyed the game. Oh, yeah, no. Um, If you can just, like, every single time I run a game, just give me the mocha, then I will be good. Um, But, no, no, I, the thing is, I don't have coffee very often. 
mm-hmm. as in I, I don't I haven't had it in like months, and <laughs> oh. so I I had it and it just like like invigorated me throughout the entire session. It was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, powered up, get in there. <laughs> uh, the second thing I, I, I want to mention is that like literally today I've started. Um, so I'm going to Fanime in May. Yeah, hope to see you there, Adam. Um, and so, uh, and I'm supposed to be cosplaying as a character in Korra, but as I might, as I probably mentioned in this podcast before, I've only watched season one of Korra. That's going to be a problem mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I said, like, I should probably watch the other seasons of this show. Ooh, have you um, and so I've started up season. What? I was just going to ask if you've started, and it sounds like you I, have. I have, and so as of right now, as of this very moment i've watched the first two episodes of season two of cora and let me tell you Mm -hmm. i i I was talking to adam about this before the podcast but um i sort of predicted what was gonna happen and like i saw a character show up and i was like hmm this character is gonna do this and then he did that thing Mm. and i was like wow okay i guess (laughs) he did the thing (laughs) he did the thing being as vague as you are, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Like, Yeah. Mm. Like, I was like, why does no one like this man? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, because that. Like, it's so obvious what he's going to, what what this dude is up to. He's up to some shady shit is he's, what it sounds like. He's up to some shady shit. And he then he did shady shit. Subtle. And I'm like in episode two and I'm like, am I going to be predicting the whole season? And then Adam calmly informed me. Adam. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh... God, what did I? How did I word this? It was like Cora is plot projection the show. Like you can kind of <laughs> tell where it's gonna go. Yeah, no, you can pl- you, you can predict the plot of the entire show of Cora, um, and but he did. Although you did suggest that I should listen to that I should not listen. Uh, I should watch season three and just yes, enjoy. Uh, well, um, I I've like I watched all of Cora. Um, season one was pretty fun. Season two was has some up and down moments, but I really liked season three. Mm. Like season three was rad. All right, I'm. Well, I gotta get through season two, and then I'm I'm sweet straight into the red zone. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. season uh, two and then has the last thing, low points, but it also has some pretty good stuff. Like Adam, it's got Varric. That's where he comes from, yo. I know. Oh but... right, I that the the guy and he's in episode one, and he said that person did the thing, and I'm like, oh, I see where this joke came from. <laughs> you get it now. I get it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. I don't know. When you finish that, maybe we'll have like a bonus round. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you mean, yeah, I, I would be amenable to this idea. Mm. Uh, and then the last thing I did, video de- definitely video game related this time, is I actually turned on the Switch. Hooray! Yay! I know. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that I have started playing Breath of the Wild. Hooray! About a year, a year after it came out. <laughs> Do you um, have any hot takes on the game then? So, yeah, so I've played, like, the first, say, six hours of the game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, I, I, so I literally, I just registered a horse. It's about how far I am in the game. <laughs> I have a horse now. Mm-hmm. His name is, oh, I forgot his name. Oh, I, I know what I named him. I named him Falsetto. Aw, I like it. Okay, that's um, fancy. I had no idea that really the horse was male or female. What? I really thought it was going to be Sir Tenenbaum. no. <laughs> Tannenbaum will come later. I only get nine characters. Oh. Um, so I've been enjoying the game. I've finished the the starter plateau, which is how I got to the horse. Um, and, I, I, you know, I like the abilities that I have. It's 
enjoyable. I have noticed that I, as a character, am really, really fragile. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things with Breath of the Wild that they were telling. Like, it, it's it's pretty hard because of just how fragile you start off. Yeah, like, compared to like most Zelda games. Yeah, so I've noticed that I've um, I've noticed I avoid a lot of fights. Like, I I see enemies in the distance. I'm like, you know what? No. Um, <laughs> like, if they're directly in the path, then fine. But there's so many like because I've run into so many enemies that like one hit me. I'm like you know what it's better not to engage yeah um i am enjoying it i have been enjoying it quite a bit um i'm like running to the first village right now and i'm like this is a lot of running but at the same time you're also running across interesting stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah so hopefully you know i hit the first village i I do some fun things um i keep seeing like there's definitely cutscenes with zelda in it but the, the structure of the story makes it seem like i'm not ever actually going to see zelda so we'll see what happens Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I see, so I I I've started playing Breath of the Wild. It has been fun. Yeah, fun. Fun's the right word. Well, you know, that's consistent nice. with what I've heard. So when yeah. I get a Switch and I get to play Breath of the Wild, I will be able to confirm whether or not it's fun or not for me. But I'm glad it's yeah, fun so for you. Yeah, so whenever the hell... And whenever the hell I beat Persona 5, God, then no, I'll you, play but Zelda. But Adam, dang it, you didn't beat it before Monster Hunter. I know. You're never going to finish it now. I... I'm already aware of the predicament I am in, all right? Oh, poor Adam. Poor Adam. Listen, if only I had infinite amount of time, a, a place where I could just seclude myself and never be bothered with the outside world, where would I put such a place? What a shocking idea. I don't know, maybe the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, or maybe the maybe up above in the sky. I think it's time to talk about the topic of this week. Um, you know, guys, <laughs> yes. if if I had a place like that deep under the ocean where I wouldn't be bothered, I'd be in rapture. Aww. Oh. And see, that works on like three different levels. Transition yeah. complete. It is complete. All right, everyone. It's time to start talking about Bioshock. Um, for folks who don't know, who I'm very shocked if you don't know, Bioshock is a 2K's super cool series about either an underwater utopia or a above-the-sky utopia where crazy things happen mm. and there's lots of philosophical undertones. And seeing as how it left such a big old mark on the gaming industry, we were going to talk about it this week. So... I want to add a caveat, just mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. We are specifically talking about the Bioshock series. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of us are aware, and just so people who aren't, that Bioshock is kind of a spiritual successor to the System Shock Ooh. series of games. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about those. We're talking about Bioshock. That is a yeah. very We might mention point. System Shock a bit, but I just want to make sure that nobody comes back like, uh, you've missed System Shock. I'm like, no, we clarified beforehand. Yeah, it's so we mostly did that because we have way more experience with Bioshock than we do with System Shock. That's it's right. Yeah. All right, Drew, back to back to you for the explanation. Uh, well, as I was saying, we're doing we're doing Bioshock this week, and what better way to start off talking about Bioshock than just giving everyone a little summary of what our experiences are with the series? So let's start with you this time, Zach. Tell us what you know about Bioshock, and you know, just give us your background on what you know and what you've played and all that cool all right, stuff, well, man. Well, first thing, I want to say I'm absolutely honored to be going first. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank you so much. You really deserve this. Just, well done. Just, just, yes. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Oh, oh, thank you. I just, I have to thank my mother, my father. All right, get on with it. Get on with it. Okay. So, uh, my experience with the Bioshock series is that um, I played through about, to, to about like the two-thirds marker of the, the original Bioshock game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I, I happen to know like the rest of the story to it. Um, I have very little experience with Bioshock 2. Wait, before I just you never continue, got my hands on be- it. Before you continue, I just want to say, um, yep. giant spoiler warning for everyone. This is a discussion right. of the Bioshock series. We are going to spoil all the sweet twists and secrets that you're supposed to figure out. So there you go. I've done my duty. Sorry. You- yeah, <laughs> yeah, good good, um, good call, actually. And then of all all three of the, the, the Bioshock games, I actually played and finished Bioshock Infinite. Which Hooray. is kind of a shame because apparently it's the worst one. <laughs> you know. eh, it's got some bits and pieces, but we'll we'll get into those later. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into it. Um, I and to be perfectly honest, like of the three Bioshock games, I think I enjoyed the first one. I played a little bit of the second one, but I, I think I enjoyed the first one the most. Mm-hmm. Did um, you play them on a PC, Xbox? I, I played them on a console. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just. Uh, with with Infinite, I ran into some issues with like it. It was satisfactory. I enjoyed my experience through it, but I think mm-hmm. there was just sort of like a thematic and mechanical depth that just wasn't there for for Infinite. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. But like, what kind of what kind of got you into the series? Like, um, well, I heard Bioshock was really good, and I I literally as as with all things, I had been spoiled before I started the original Bioshock. Oh, so you knew about mm. Would You Kindly so, and, and all that Yeah, I didn't stuff. quite know about Would You Kindly. What I knew about was you're going to take a golf club die in Ryan's face at some point. Did you make it to that point? Like, you I said, did. Okay. I made it past that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I made it I made it to just past the point where you, you find the uh, orphanage. Okay. Oh, okay. Like, it, like, right out the gate, I got completely stomped by something, and then I just never went back to the game. I see. <laughs> But but you saw you saw the part that everyone was talking about. You like you made it yeah. through like the core experience. Yeah, and and I read the uh, the plot synopsis for the rest of it, Got which it. I know doesn't count, but still. Hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, Drew, how about you, man? Well, let's see. For me, um, with Bioshock, I played the original on PC way back when. Uh, pretty sure around when it came out. Quite liked it. Quite liked it. Um, you know, similar to Half-Life, I really like, you know, kind of weird sci-fi kind of playing with philosophy. So I was pretty happy with it. I thought what they did with Andrew Ryan was very interesting. Um, I skipped over two when it came out. Um, however, I have rectified that this week. Um, I spent... Yes, uh, my, my prep time for this episode was I beat the I beat Bioshock 2. I played it to the ending. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I actually... <laughs> that's, that's impressive, given how short Good. you've had you that for. Because I remember a lot of 1. I remember a lot of Infinite. I liked 2, but I don't remember much of it, so I'm glad Drew remembers. I, I really yep. like 2, actually. Like, I, I kind of wrote it off as like, oh, you know, it's a sequel. I don't know why we have a sequel to 1. 1 felt very contained. Um, and it had sound of like, oh, there's a multiplayer component, like everyone else at this time. Oh, we have escort missions. I don't like those. But goddamn, if like, you know, playing through it, like, it's... I, I will I will admit it's it, pretty good. It, it doesn't have like the initial shock that the first one does of like you know here's rapture here's all this crazy ideas and all these like really like just it's not as fresh but it feels more honed than the first one like the mechanics feel a, mm-hmm. a lot tighter the story I I actually really like the way they kind of like um like wrap chapters around mm-hmm. different characters um I really liked mm-hmm. um I think it was Alexander Gill he was the uh, like the kind of mad scientist who you know had his brain and like uh kind of like put into a jar or whatever um mm-hmm. 
I, I think I, that's uh, or not a jar, but like the, he he experimented on himself, and you were listening to recordings of his past self, where he's all nice and like you know trying to do good by the world, and then his modern self is this like robot that just like wants you to work really hard, or you'll get fired, and getting fired means getting lit on fire, and it's just like it, it's goofy and great. Um, yeah. Was he the guy? In, was he the guy in the vat kind of thing? Yes. Remember, there's like yes. one. He's the vat man. That's him. <laughs> he's the vat man. Okay. The vat yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Yes. He's the Batman. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, nice, nice. And, I, and, uh, and then I've played Infinite. Um, I did not play the DLC for Infinite, but I played the core game. Um, quite liked it. Uh, definitely felt more focused on story than it did feel like mechanically. Like it seemed like they pulled elements away from the earlier Bioshock game in order to sort of like have more of a quicker like plot-driven experience. Um, and then mm. as an added bonus, um, in my prep, I decided to. The original Bioshock is kind of a counterpoint to Atlas Shrugged, which is like this big old Ayn Rand, yeah. you know, util- like uh, objectivism thing. And so I decided, okay, I'll read through some of Atlas Shrugged. Um, oh, God. And I got to tell you, I've, I've never read a book and been so like against what the narrator wants <laughs> me to feel the entire time. Like it's almost like reading comedy sometimes. It's just like this. This is ridiculous. Um, but it actually... wait, how far? How far into Atlas Shrugged did you get? Uh, not very far. I think I'm at like the second or third chapter. Like I've run into enough characters to like kind of get the gist of like what's happening and like the plot yeah. of Atlas Shrugged and what it's supposed to be. Um, actually sets up Bioshock really nicely. Um, because mm. the idea of Atlas Shrugged is like you take away all the people who are the movers and shakers of the world and they just leave and the world goes to ruin. And so Bioshock That's is, kind of, yeah. Bioshock is like, okay, well, let's take all these people who think they're the greatest folks in the world, put them in a little city underwater and see how great they do. Oh, look, a bunch of narcissists kill each other. Who would have thought? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you know? Ayn Rand, yeah, Andrew Ryan. Oh, oh I didn't even you. fucking notice look at that. You. Oh Jesus, Zach, that's like, <laughs> how did I miss that? All right, uh, well, well, cool. So, um, well, that's that's me. I guess, I guess I'll uh, take it from you, unless you had more to add. Oh no, please, please go ahead. I've talked too much. Uh, so my experience with the Bioshock series is, um. Uh, I was really hyped up on Bioshock 1 when it was getting teased and announced because a couple of my friends would talk about it and I was like, what's Bioshock? And they just told me a bunch about it. It's like, that sounds like the greatest game ever. <laughs> and then I watched a trailer and decided in my head, this is the greatest game ever. <laughs> then I played it and it was fucking fantastic. I absolutely adore the first Bioshock game. Uh, Bioshock 1 is one of my all-time favorite games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually a really weird experience. Uh I know, I think later we have a question about memories, so I'll just quickly share this one, is that um, I, for the longest time, I think I think Bioshock 1 was only on the 360 for a while before it got to PC and the PlayStation 3, what? and I didn't have a PlayStation 3, and I didn't have a PC, and I didn't know the 360, so the only way I was kind of experiencing the game was by going up to my friend saying, hey man, do you want to hang out? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's hang out, and we'd be at their house like, hey man... Do you want to play Bioshock? Oh, but Adam, that's a single-player game. No, nah, it's fine. I'll just watch. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I had to kind of like trick my friends. Like, hey, can you just play this game so I can see it? Um, and it got to a point where I had helped. I had like watched somebody play it. And then I would go over to like somebody else would show me the game. Kind of without me asking to be like, oh, hey, check out this game. And I'd like know more about about the game than they did. Like, hey, go here. There's a secret. And they're like, how did you know this? Like, well, I don't know. It just happens. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like Bioshock 1 a lot. Uh, Bioshock 2, I picked up the day of. Um, mm-hmm. I have a fun story later about that one as well. Uh, but I really like Bioshock 2. Bioshock 2 is really good. Um, I kind of agree with I kind of agree with Drew uh, in that Bioshock 2 is often overshadowed by one and infinite but uh for people who haven't played it definitely go check out bioshock 2 it's it's got some cool stuff uh the multiplayer is not that bad but i do agree with drew it kind of came at a time where it's like does everything need a multiplayer component really yeah i will say i played a lot of that multiplayer i really there's a story to the multiplayer right because i i i did not play the multiplayer it's one of the core game but like i hear they did uh, something bioshock bioshock 2's multiplayer um is actually the events that take place right before the fall of uh, Rapture. Oh. Because Bioshock 2 play- takes place in Rapture. Mm-hmm. So remember in Bioshock 1, they're talking about, I think it's like the Christmas Eve like uh, event or riots that where everybody just went nuts and started attacking each other. Okay. Right. Uh, I think it's because... I think it's because Fontaine gets uh, arrested or something like that. Mm-hmm. For a game I really like, I kind of there's bits and pieces mm. I don't remember right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The Bioshock 2 multiplayer is that event. Oh. So technically, technically, all of the multiplayer matches you're playing are the riots and raids that your character is doing through the city. And you're kind of... The, the narrative of that is you are destroying Rapture before the main character of Bioshock 1 shows up. Oh. You know, that's a, oh. that's a really cool tie-in. Like that, It's pretty <clears throat> neat. That's actually really thematic. Uh, hmm. And then... Uh, I also did pick up Bioshock 1. Um, by the way, I'll, I'll just say I played all three of these on PlayStation 3. Um, I think, and then I was going to say Infinite I like. I got really hyped up on Infinite mm-hmm. uh, from watching the trailers. And uh, again, we'll probably go into this more as we go through our questions. Um, I kind of have mixed opinions on Bioshock Infinite. Mm. Um, and it's just kind of weird how that one came up. And it's never really... I think I'll agree with Zach in that I, I think I like number one. But... Uh, you know, as we kind of chat. But yeah, that's kind of my experience with the Bioshock series. Uh, I've played them, beaten them all. They're all fantastic. Yep. Well, that Sometimes is... Sometimes not infinite, but but whatever. Well, you know, that's different opinions, different thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, infinite definitely feels like... <clears throat> like, we'll, we'll get to our next question in a bit, but it seems like infinite... You know, we've got one and two, which are Rapture, and then Infinite is Columbia. Infinite is up in the sky. It's a giant departure from the prior games. Uh, in- I just realized, mm-hmm. did, did we again, like, did, like explain our experience with the game and not, like, quite detail out what each of the three games is about? I think we did, Adam. I think we did. Christ. Um- okay. Uh, real quick. Oh, boy. Bioshock 1. You are playing as a char- as a nameless character. Secretly, your name is Jack. Don't worry about it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are playing as a character who got a note to go vi- to go to a place, and as you are crossing the ocean, your plane crashes, and you swim over, and you find a giant tower in the middle of the ocean, and think, "Hmm, that seems odd, but whatever. I'm gonna go in there." Mm-hmm. Uh, you go in there and are taken down an elevator to the and find the underwater city of Rapture. Well. It's an elevator, and then you go through a bathysphere, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you go through, you are walking through the kind of ruins of a kind of destroyed civilization of, like, all of these great thinkers and what have you that came down to Rapture to create the ultimate society. And as it turns out, things may not have gone so great because, well, wouldn't you know it, the city's leaking. 
So mm. uh, you play as this character, and you're trying to escape, but you kind of find you learn the intrigue of this of this. There's city. a lot. There's a lot more than the city leaking. Well, th- yes, it's true. there are. Well, I, I was being facetious in that. That's kind of the least of their worries. Yeah. Like, like the, uh, because... the, summary, the summary is you go underwater to what is supposed to be a utopia, and it turns out things have gone wrong, and now it's a dystopia full of people fighting for resources and pretty much trying to kill you if you try really to do just, anything. It really comes off more to me like a... It's not quite a dystopia. But it seems more like a post-apocalypse setting. Well, yeah. I, dystopia in that I, I think it would be like all the people that are still there are definitely living in like this disarray and like ruins kind of thing yeah yeah uh but the kind of the big catch of all of this is that these people have found a way of rewriting your genetic makeup with plasmids uh and they are all souped up with like different crazy powers and you are trying to figure out like what happened that caused this war between like drew said it's a war of resources over who can get as much adam hey that's me hey. fighting over me <laughs> is that by the way that like didn't confuse me Yes, everybody's fighting over me, finally. Uh, the re- the thing that allows you to create these different plasmids is called Adam, and then there's Eve, which is the thing that powers them, and hey, look, symbolism, ooh. Mm-hmm. But yes, you are trying to find the mysterious Andrew Ryan. Uh, spoiler, you find him and take a golf club to his head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bioshock 2, you are playing as a big daddy, or you are playing as a character that was in Rapture, who uh, got jumped and attacked and had their and your daughter was taken from you and you wake up to find that you are a, a become a big daddy the kind of the main character like main antagonist uh, I wouldn't of say. this series well they're not an antagonistic they're a, a an enemy they're like the main mascot of this series these yeah. big lumbering giants in diver suits mm-hmm. that are protecting little sisters and little sisters go around and gather eve um so in Bioshock 2, you're playing as a big as a big daddy who has regained their memories, and you're looking for your daughter. And wouldn't you know it, the city is still leaking. And again, that's the least of your worries. Mm-hmm. And then what <laughs> again, ha- the, when, 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 when exactly does so? I, I never got a clear confirmation on this. At what point of the timeline is Bioshock 2? Is that is it before Jack mm. gets there? No, it's a sequel. So oh, okay. yeah, so it is a sequel. Well, the beginning of the game takes place before Jack even arrives. Mm-hmm. The Main part of the game, the main uh, good portion of the plot takes place after Jack leaves. Oh. Because you'll you'll see characters who are like, uh, who's the lady in 2, Drew, that's like, hey, can you help these little sisters? Oh, so yeah. she was the, in the... the one that is sympathetic towards the sisters is, uh, I think, Dr. Tenenbaum or... Yeah. Yes. yes. Dr. Tenenbaum. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then... I remember... I'm what... oh, sorry, go ahead. Remember when she fucked off and left the plot like a half hour in? Yeah, yeah I do too. That was a little weird. Um, that was definitely I, again that first half hour of the game is not the strongest part. Like I remember starting no. to and then kind of like leaving it for a little bit, and I'm really glad I went back to it because the rest of the game it just ramps up and gets so mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, and we'll, again we'll we'll cover that in a bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But just to finish this last summary, mm-hmm. then. Bioshock Infinite says, ah, fuck that ocean nonsense. We're going to be up in the clouds. And there is a guy called uh, Booker DeWitt mm-hmm. who is in terrible debt. And they and now he has been uh, approached by these two people and said, hey, you know, if you bring us this girl, we'll wipe away your debt. And he says, okay, where do I go? Go to the city of Columbia. And he says, okay, I've been there. And then he finds a tower in the ocean. That sounds oddly familiar. And instead of going down, he goes up. 
And there's the floating city of Columbia, and he is now there. I think it's... What is it called? It is literally called the Common the Commonwealth, I think. I believe so, it yeah. It might be. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's very... Um, I don't know what era to put it in, but it's kind of like at that grand old American vibe kind of mm-hmm. deal. It, it's it's uh, very... It's a it's late um, 1800s vibe. Yeah, thank you. It's like late 1800s vibe, and like boy, look at all these smiling people. Isn't everything great? And then you start looking around. It's like, oh, no. There is rampant racism and yeah. nationalism and, you know, basically horrible isolationism from the rest of the world. Also, uh, also evangelical. Uh, they're very evangelical. Yes, yes they are. They are, very, they are very evangelion. I agree. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, I, um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the phrase. I, I don't want to, like... They're definitely radical on their beliefs, but they're radical on they're, a number of different vectors. And I'm trying to think of the and like, again, they're not like they're not like Christian evangelicals. They're like very clearly like you. We believe in the founding fathers of America. Oh right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like. I think in Bioshock Infinite, one of the first rooms you're in in Columbia is this giant hall with Abe Lincoln, George Washington, I think Thomas Jefferson, all looking going like, we you're doing God's work. Like oh, I need to leave. Yeah, it's like ben they're Franklin's using the, the the like important figures of American history as basically prophets of God. Uh, and so then you are going, you're looking for this girl, uh, Elizabeth, and you eventually find her. And then and you and Elizabeth travel through Columbia and try to escape. But boy, wouldn't you know it? There's like shenanigans and sci-fi elements just get like dumped on. And boy, is oh, it racism yeah. bad? Let's not look at that. <laughs> Boy, isn't time travel weird? Let's not even let's not consider that. Let's yeah. get out of here. It, there's a lot so of yes. like, wait, what? That's Bioshock Infinite. Oh, and you shoot a mechanized Abe Lincoln. You I definitely do. remember that. Yeah, you that do. Um, Don't forget Songbird. Songbird, the giant metal bird. That kind of brings back your Evangelion joke you done did there. Yeah, <laughs> just right back, right back to that one. Um, okay. Although now I do audience. have to say, and it also has a, a boss fight that many people found disappointing, but I was like. I'm okay with the game ending now. Thank you. Which one? Uh, the 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 final fight in. Oh, the big finale. The yeah, finale, yeah. Is, a lot right. of people were really uh, upset with it, but I wasn't. I was okay with that ending. I I was just okay. I was like, all right, cool. Plot's over. Thank you, game. But yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, that's a very quick summary mm-hmm. of all three games. And as you can tell, we've all kind of know bits and pieces of this game as we'll co- go through. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think we'll probably move on to our, our next question of. What do you consider? Uh, what do you consider to be Bioshock's greatest strength and greatest weakness? And uh, we'll probably be talking about all three kind of in a mishmash. So I guess uh, yeah, just I think... for audience listeners, we'll maybe try to s- stick to like one Bioshock one, and then kind of explain each one kind of thing, mm-hmm. or one, two, and infinite. Yeah, kind of deal. So, so my thought is um, of of the three things they listed here. I want the game's biggest strength to be its philosophy. It feels like it, it wants the philosophy to be its greatest mm-hmm. strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it doesn't, like at least, and like at least in Infinite, that is not its strong suit at well, all. Well, this this is for you personally, right? So this like, is for me personally. Like, like you know, world views aside, like what mm-hmm. what about the game works for you, and what about it is like, eh, I wasn't so hot on this. That's you know, true. Like, um, I it, it and I think it depends a lot on the game. Like, I think Bioshock One, its story is. Mm-hmm actually to be honest like its story is interesting but it's probably not its strongest suit i would argue that it's its gameplay and its philosophy are really really strong in bioshock uh, one yeah Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, no, no, because, okay. like, the entire game is a rebuttal of Ayn Rand. Mm-hmm. And, Which like, the is... gameplay is solid. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is definitely very solid. I and I, Except I, I for just... the hacking. I mean... To... Oh, what? <laughs> Fuck you, the hacking's perfect. <laughs> you play Pipe Dream right now. Ah! Adam, I gotta be honest. I liked how they did hacking into a lot better. It was Fuck. quicker and literally, a lot more fun for me. <laughs> literally, fuck the both of you. Ha- okay, so in Bioshock 1... You could go around and hack turrets or shops and stuff like that. And the way you did this was you would enter a little mini game where you would have to direct this fluid from one point to another and mer- merge all these pipes around. And apparently, uncultured fools do not enjoy this. <laughs> I enjoyed it like the first five me, times I did it. And then I was but like, me, this an is intellectual <laughs> knows that Pipe Dream is the purest way. Uh, but yes, I. I love ha- I love that stupid minigame. Even I will admit, though, boy, is it tedious at times. I like how thematic it is. I like how you're underwater and you're, like, literally putting pipes together. I It's mm-hmm. just in two, the gameplay of hacking is just... It, it's happening live, right? Like, you can be attacked while you're hacking. And that, to me, oh, just yeah, kind of yeah. seems nicer, yeah. right? Like, I... Well, okay, <laughs> you could not... if. If you were doing Pipe Dream live with enemies shooting at you, that probably <laughs> wouldn't work so well. Well, in, no. in Bioshock 2, the, the way they did hacking was, I believe you you would shoot a dart at whatever you were going to hack, and this kind of and this needle would go back and forth, and you had to uh, multiple times get it in the green zone, and each time it would kind of go narrower and narrower. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a bunch of plasmids and tonics you could do to get it to be easier. There are. Hmm. It, it's... Um, I mean, the short of it is, like, mini games are not Bioshock's strongest point. Is that fair to say, Zach? Oh, yeah, no. I definitely agree with that. I don't even know if Infinite this had a dumb mini game. This is false. <laughs> um, Beware the false prophet who besearches uh, Pipe Dream may oh my God. kick them out of Columbia. Um, okay, so you like but, the Go ahead, Zach. But yeah, like I, I definitely want to say, like, the, the gameplay of the games, the sort of, like, part scavenging, part, um part like uh you have to be you have to conserve resources a bit and they give you lots of options to be clever with your abilities and like what you can do um so they let you approach fights in many many different ways and i think that that's a testament to how solid their gameplay is um Mm -hmm. and i think it worked really really well in the first bioshock because you were in crazy land and everyone was trying to murder you Mm -hmm. yeah um and again i don't have a lot of experience with two but i imagine it's similar there like you have a lot of good gameplay excuse um in infinite you're just like wait what like the entire yeah. time like so many times you like get into fights and i'm like how is this entire society not completely collapsed by this point mm-hmm. well it kind of does by the end of it it does by the end of it <laughs> um yeah i was gonna say uh, uh did you have any more anything more to add on there um yeah and, and 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 just on a personal level like the stories are i always find them like interesting but they feel a little shallow Mm. um maybe just because i don't like mm. like like the story of one is like there's a big twist to one and then after that point it's like all right well there you go mm-hmm. I, I, well, I, I i a lot of people at least for me i kind of had mm. that experience too of like andrew ryan the the golf club scene where you find out you've been manipulated the whole game like that's a great twist and it recontextualizes the first game but everything mm-hmm. after it is kind of like it's kind of like gravy right like you don't like the the core games kind of happened by that point. At yeah, least for yeah. Me. I, I disagree with that, but and I'll, I'll go into that later. But I, I will say, mm-hmm. um, to to Zach to Zach's thing, uh, so you said you kind of left two thirds of the way through Bioshock One. I did, in fact. <laughs> um, and I think the problem with that is that 
a lot of the story's payoff is in like the back end of the game. Oh, like, that and there, a lot. Because uh, there is the big twist, and, and for people who don't know, is in the uh, as you go through Bioshock One, you are being talked to by this person named Atlas, who is saying, "Hey, uh, would you kindly do all these things because we're trying to find Ryan because he has the way out." Mm-hmm. And the big twist of Bioshock One is that when you finally meet Ryan, he's just some dude who is there. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of there. Uh, and that scene, to me, wasn't... That's, like, part one of the twist. And the big mm-hmm. twist is who Atlas turns out being, and then the whole well, okay, grand so, scheme okay, of, Atlas, like, what's No, but happened. I got through those. I got through that part. Uh, but you didn't get to the, the back end of it where it explains, like, how he set this all up kind of deal. That's true. I guess that's it's, what it's saying. And again, like, I, I'm not saying that it's, like, a bad story. I'm just saying that, like, of the three things listed, that's probably a tweakish mm. aspect. Okay. Um, I think uh, the gameplay is more solid than the story in, in Bioshock. I guess I guess I'll go go next then. Uh, so, of the three things they they talk about, we have like story, gameplay, and then Bioshock's very big on its philosophy. Uh, wow. And I guess for each one of them, I kind of feel that they excel differently in in, in something. Um, mm-hmm. So for for me, Bioshock One I think actually does all three like really well. Uh, I think its story is really well done, be- not just. Mm. So it has the, its main point of, you know, you're playing and you get to Andrew Ryan and he says, hey, have you noticed that uh, Would You Kindly seems to be kind of this thing? And every time the big twist of it is, is that before you go to see Ryan, you kind of learn about this uh, per this uh, clone or something that um, Fontaine, the antagonist of the series, has been building. And you find out that they have programmed whoever the hell this person is with the phrase would you kindly and it, it, at the time it seems oh that's kind of weird that's like you know it, it's kind of a manchurian kind of like trigger thing and mm-hmm. then you find out that no you are the person that has had this happen to you because ryan's like saying like hey you know would you kindly powerful words right and he kind of and you find out that no ryan is just a dude who is there he's kind of lost all control and it's fontaine or atlas who is kind who has been manipulating you behind the scene um Right. And there's a bunch of really cool bits of like how he's done this. I don't know if either of you noticed this. If you go back to the very, very first cutscene of the game and look at the present Jack is holding, mm-hmm. the note on the present says, Would you kindly go to this location and shoot the pilot? Whoa. And if you ah. if you zoom in on that texture, you can see it right there. Whoa. Um, and there's just all these really cool things. Um and I guess I'm kind of getting lost my own point of I think Bioshock One has a fantastic story and yes it, it can you can kind of say oh it doesn't really fall through but it's because so many elements tie it together that when it finally does happen mm-hmm. it's a really big payoff um and again i think the back end is actually still really interesting but i will admit the part that everybody remembers is the andrew ryan scene mm-hmm. because and again i think because he's the villain uh or he's kind of the villain that's being set up and then the back end well, it's because that's also when it's revealed to you that you're the Manchurian candidate. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Um, and a lot I of people also... and a lot of people latched onto that, I think, because it everyone thought like everyone was basically saying like, like ah, it's a commentary on linear shooters. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing was is that uh, when you realize that the would you kindly thing, like Atlas always starts each objective with would you kindly, and mm-hmm. you learn that your character is programmed to do something when he hears that word um this is kind of where i feel like 
Bioshock, Bioshock 1 is a really good story, but if it's trying to point at any philosophy about linearity and shooters, mm-hmm. it kind of falls apart because, like, well, yeah, I don't really have any choice. Yeah. You don't have any... It'd be one thing to say you get the objective of would you kindly, and then you complete that objective in a totally random-ass way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really <laughs> oh, more God, of a narrative story thing. Uh, so I think that that bit of, of Bioshock 1's story is great. I think its philosophy is also really strong, especially... Um, even though I said it's still kind of weak, it is really interesting to think on player choice mm-hmm. in Bioshock 1 when your character is literally forced to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm getting too wrapped up in this. Uh, Bioshock 1's gameplay, I think, is really good. And I think it. I think its gameplay is actually better uh, than 1's, but, mi- but less than 2's. I think mm-hmm. 2 has the best gameplay, but where Bioshock is better than either of them in, is that it's a interconnected world that you walk around. Mm-hmm. Both... Two and infinite are linear levels that you clear mm. and then don't go back to. But right. one, you can do, you can go around. It's kind of to kind of use a phrase. It, it's kind of like a Metroidy kind of thing where you can mm. just uh, explore around. Mm. Uh, to move on to two, two has a really good story, but two doesn't really do much that's like big and exciting like Bioshock One was going for. Mm. It kind of plays it more cl- like safe, and it's a father daughter, father rescues daughter situation. But yeah. it's still really cool because oh, man, it does was... all these. Huh? Sorry, it's just Bioshock Two was, was a little early on the father daughter relationship game. Oh, get smoked, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, uh, Bioshock Two has more streamlined gameplay, uh, and it's kind of like the better step up on gameplay. It mm-hmm. just doesn't do anything really amazing with. It doesn't really do anything amazing with his philosophy that I remember. And Drew might be able to correct me on that. Mm. It. It's kind of more... The one thing it does do better is it offers you a lot more choices mm. than one or infinite. It, mm-hmm. One literally has, do you kill or save this little sister? Right. Mm. Bioshock 2 offers you a bunch of choices, uh, and then infinite offers you, like, one choice that I remember. They mm. give you, do you choose bird or do you choose cage? They do give you that. I think, they, I think they let you pick heads or tails. Oh, there's also the raffle scene. The do oh you throw God. baseball at at uh... no, but it doesn't matter. Your choice doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah, but that's that the whole thematic the... point, Zach. That's the point. Oh. Yeah, wait, but what? it doesn't really feel that great. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, well, okay like, then. Wait, uh, the thematic point was that you don't have a choice in that scene. Uh, no, the, like the point of the game is does choice even matter? Like that's why uh, all yeah. your decisions have like ultimately no like yeah, leeway. But <laughs> that's the problem oh. with Bioshock Infinite. If, if yeah. it, okay, well, hold on. So Infinite. Uh, I think its story is interesting, but I think it goes, it fucking jumps from one theme to another and doesn't really settle on anything, and so yeah. ends up doing nothing, nothing well. Its gameplay, I think, it, uh, this is just me personally, and maybe Drew will have a different opinion. I actually think its gameplay is the weakest of all of them. Mm. Like, it is a fucking corridor shooter. At some yeah, point. yeah, yes, it is. you can expect you can explore and like the level is non-linear, but it is a point A to point B, and it does not hide that well. Yeah, and the other thing is that the, the like the cool mechanic where you can ride on the rails doesn't come up nearly enough. It was really uh, heavily advertised, and I think it happened like when it happened, it was really cool, and and then it went away really quickly. Like, yeah, I wanted. There were parts of that game that I really liked that I really wanted to see a bit more of, and they they kind of like went the went to the wayside pretty quick. I yeah. will. I will and definitely then, give you that. Philosophy wise, for infinite, 
I don't remember a single goddamn thing philosophy-wise it was trying yeah, to go so, for. Yeah, so there is, there is a bit of the, like, your choices don't matter, but I even I didn't recognize that. The, yeah. Like, the philosophy things of, uh, of Infinite is basically like, did you know nationalism and racism are bad? Whoa, get out of town! That. And did you know that fighting racism you can also turn bad? I don't know where this Whoa. is going. Okay, well, radicalism bitched... is bad, yo. Like that's so, that yeah. seems to be all it's saying. <laughs> well, I've talked enough. Uh, Drew, go go ahead. Dive. Uh, sure. So sorry. I, um, I was long winded. Oh no, I mean, like, dude, it's 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 our show. We can be as long winded as we want. Um, <laughs> so. So then, so then, Bioshock's greatest weaknesses and its greatest strengths. So for me, like each of the games is very different from the other. Um, I think with the first one, and I, I think overall for the entire series, I think when it comes to just being having a theme and like sticking to that theme and sort of like playing to it, it they're all mm-hmm. very good at mm-hmm. like. Just, like, the idea of rapture, the idea of this underwater utopia gone awry. Like, they dedicate to that idea very well in 1 and 2. You know, it's a very unique setting. It's something that they clearly did a lot of research for. Like, down to the art style, down to the philosophy. Like, they they tie things together, or they try to, at least, to a degree that I don't see in a lot of other games, right? Mm-hmm. Like They're, They do really good world building. Oh, like, yeah. Right. Oh, all yeah. three of them, they, as much as my gripe about certain ones, all three of them have really great worlds. They do. Like, the, the worlds are excellent. And, like, I, I throw that at Columbia, too. Like, I... Columbia... Uh, sorry, Infinite definitely has its, you know, its quirks. But I gotta say, like, Columbia as a city, like, that beginning bit where you're seeing it and you're seeing this amazing Sky Fortress, like, I I have a weakness for Sky Fortresses. And Mm -hmm. when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is realized. This is, like... Dude, yeah. This is kind of beautiful to look at. Well, it it was realized until the point where you figure out that it's a linear shooter. I mean, you know, yes. I was gonna say, Drew, do you remember that one shot in in Bioshock Infinite where I think it's you first get off the, uh, I think it's you've come out of the church, oh, and God, it's the church. first shot of all of the different floating islands kind of coming together. I do. And Dude, yeah. that shot is that fantastic. Is, like, yeah, that, yeah. That is one hell of a way to start your game off. And I got to give props to the barbershop quartet they had going on. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved that plot line. Um, like, I loved it to death. And Wait, there was a plot I, line with the barbershop quartet? Not a plot line, but it's like the, char- like the characters and the fact that they had like all these like barbershop quartet covers of like 80s songs. Like the ending is like, you know, everybody wants to rule the world, but instead it's like very peppy and like everybody wants to rule the world. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Like it's super <laughs> sad and thematic, but it's like, it's really great. And so like, it does at- it does atmosphere really well. Yeah, right, I mean, may- yeah. maybe that's the better word I'm looking for. Like, I want to say theming because I do think that at least for one and two, like, it's not just about world building and atmosphere, but like they are committed to like one is like again with some context, one is this like really awesome slam on objectivism, and I think it does a really cool job of it. I think it does a really good job of it without like being like funny and caricaturing what they're trying to argue against. Um, mm-hmm. Two, two I think is actually a really interesting way to go because like the main antagonist uh, Sophia Lamb. 
like her entire shtick is like hey look your society fell apart what if we all kind of like went with more of a collective utopia idea what if we all like went with more of these socialist ideas and that results in this weird like cult dedicated to her and you know it's not as heavy on the philosophy but like it's still a very cool idea of having this mm. one person try and manipulate these people into becoming a family and everything's for the family you die for the family live for the family um again guys i really like too i'm so mad that i'm just now discovering it the thing is so what i've heard about too that you reminded me is is that mm-hmm. it, it's basically like a, uh the first one was a rebuttal of objectivism and the second one was a rebuttal of communism essentially i don't know if it's a rebuttal of communism it's a rebuttal sorry it's it's a rebuttal of um collectivism Sorry. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Which which I'd is the exact opposite good. philosophy of Anne Ryan's objectivism. Like mm-hmm. what two what happens into like the struggle you see at the beginning is very much like everyone's in ruin, look how terrible things are, but we will rise up together. And how that idea of like, you know, oh, we're gonna work together can get like really easily manipulated by a couple of people that just kinda like are looking to get power from it. Like right. Like, by the end of it, you have seen, mm-hmm. like, enough graffiti. You've seen altars dedicated to this, like, one woman who, by the midway point of the game, is clearly, like, in on, kind of, like, in on the joke of, like, she knows she's, like, manipulating people in order to, like, further her research to, like, build the best utopian out of Adam or whatever. Like, you know, like, she's she's kind of, like, pulling strings and she knows it. Ryan, like... Mm-hmm. I disagree with Ryan's philosophy way more, but he seemed a lot more like he just seemed like he like had his ideals and they went off the rail. Right. Um, Right. Well, the thing is with Ryan is that by the time you get to Ryan, like it's clear he knows he lost this ideological mm -hmm. battle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think wasn't Ryan's like whole thing of like, and forgive me, like, this is where I don't actually do to know too totally much about like Atlas shrugging and stuff on that. Mm -hmm. But it is my understanding. Like, uh, Ryan was almost like super capitalism. Like everybody should oh, yeah. be able to do like you are the means of your own success kind of thing. And everybody yeah. should have the opportunity to do that. So I'm going to take the best and brightest and put them here. And we should theoretically have competition of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. But then people are like, what if I fuck that over instead? Says Fontaine. There, there's this like one really good audio log in one where there's this guy who was brought in and he's talking about like you know all these all these like smart guys think they're so great, but no one wants to clean the mm-hmm. pipes, no one wants to do the wet work, no one wants to do the dirty work, and that's right. where you get me. And it's like this really good moment of like, oh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I think in two mm-hmm. they get, I think in two they get a lot more tongue in cheek with it, like. Um, Adam, if you remember, there's, like, Atlas's World of Tomorrow, which is, like, a small world version of, like, how Rapture was Oh, made. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's this, like, awesome amusement park. Right. Dude, it's hella creepy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what? It's so like, creepy. Okay, uh, Zach. Oh, so, so Zach. Uh, you explain it. You explain uh, think, it. Is it called Atlas's World? Or... Uh, I don't, I don't, or it's like Ryan Amusements or something. Um, it's like, welcome to Rapture Land, and it takes you through... And it's really kind of funny after playing Bioshock 1 and seeing it from the man himself. Mm-hmm. But it describes how Ryan had the idea of Rapture, how he went about building it, how he got the people down there. But it's all through this, like, it's a small world-esque amusement park ride. And the level oh. is basically you climbing in and around the amount amusement park. Oh, that is... And it's just 
It's just goofy, but also really scary. What I like to do is there's the animatronic Ryan who's like sitting kind of fireside with his legs crossed like in a pipe and just like, ah, hello there, young lad. Tell me, you're not Did a you? parasite, are you? And I immediately went up and punched his head off, and I was so happy. Did you notice? <laughs> Did you notice the golf club next to him? No. The, that you can. You, the, so there's a golf club what? next to him that you can use telekinesis on and throw it at his head, and I think it's an achievement. Okay, again, theming <laughs> these theming world building. These guys, these people, these two K guys, they pretty good. They pretty good at that. And then you well, know that, that's mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, and then like infinite, like I. I really like Infinite. I think it definitely has its kind of unevenness. But even then, I feel like the strength of, like, it's really good at theming, at world building. Like, Columbia's beautiful. I I really like the relationship between um, uh, Booker and... What's her name? Uh, what's the... Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Booker and Elizabeth. Like, I thought that was something pretty interesting to see play out. Um, as far yeah. as as far as right. weaknesses, um, I, I think when I look at 1 and 2 um three as well but to a lesser degree i think what happens is they they kind of try to do too much right like Mm. like with one um and in two i feel like they alleviated it a little bit but like there's a lot going on right like oh cool underwater society that's pretty cool oh cool there's this like whole philosophical angle that's pretty cool oh there's this twist where i was like actually a science experiment that's kind of cool oh there's a morality system about saving or killing little children and harvesting their souls Mm -hmm. for power like eventually like I think the core game of one is super good and then there might be like one or two extra layers that are good on their own but like maybe weren't needed right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was and, gonna say i um mm-hmm. oh go ahead finish off oh um i was just gonna say like with two i feel like that's alleviated just a little bit like two seems like they kind of stripped a few things away and i think that's why with infinite like they did away with as many weapons they kind of simplified the uh the Mm -hmm. plasmid vigor system um they got rid of that whole like you know hey like you know do you save or kill this creature like i think the the a lot of what they did with three was try to like trim down and get to like the bare bones of what they wanted to do as a game which i think i think on one level maybe they just went too far like i think the big criticism seems to be that it's a little too streamlined um and i think that's why i think maybe they were trying mm, to course correct a little bit too much um i actually i my criticism of the game especially when it comes to the philosophy of the game isn't quite that but i'll I'll mention it later i mean okay um well we just because we have a we have a question further down that that will yeah. probably go what favorite love thing. Uh, I will say um, I kind of I kind of agree and disagree with your sentiment there, Drew. Sure. Um, in that uh, I agree that Bioshock One does have a lot of things that maybe it didn't need, and I'm gonna be. Uh, I think yeah. I specifically think the little sister thing in Bioshock One. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that that's its main thrust of like mm-hmm. save or kill these little sisters, mm-hmm. um, but it. In the game, it presents it as a much bigger thing than it actually turns out to be. Yeah. Because you, as soon as you harvest, I think, one or maybe two sisters, you're on the bad end. Mm. And wow. it's kind of like, it, it's very uh, binary, that one. Uh, yeah. So when you talk about, like, too many layers on a game, uh, I, I agree with Bioshock 1. Um, two, I think, alleviate. I will agree, two actually alleviates that a bit more in that... It offers you more choices throughout the game, mm-hmm. but eventually those the kind of the consequences of those choices 
don't quite play out as big as you might think. Like, there are more endings, and they're more varied, mm-hmm. but they're kind of different flavors of each other. I, um, I, I would need to check out more because, of the like, endings. There's, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, Bioshock 2's endings are essentially a good and a bad, but there are different degrees of good or bad kind of thing. Hmm. But they're not necessarily different. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, the endings do... It is kind of like a good guy, bad guy. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I should probably look at the other endings in more detail. I will say, hmm. like, I don't know if this happened for you, but for me, like the part where like I get reunited with Eleanor and it's explains that like the choices I've made are now going to be reflected in her. That was pretty mm-hmm. powerful for me. Like, especially when she's like teaming up with me and like shouting out all these lines of like righteous fury about like, you know, protecting mm-hmm. her father and everything. Like, I don't know. Does, maybe that doesn't change, but for me, it seemed like my decisions at least impacted a part of her. Maybe. I'm oh wrong. yeah. I no, don't know. Uh, no, no. It, uh, you're actually totally right. Like it does the ending, uh, kind of in, for audience and Zach, the ending of Bioshock 2, what I mean is um, the different flavors are basically how much your actions have influenced Eleanor's decision kind of thing of mm-hmm. who you saved, what you did. And I actually think that really works. Uh, but kind of what happens to you as a character, I think there's only one or two different variant things. But mm-hmm. you're right. The subtext of what those endings are, uh, and I'll correct myself. Yeah, the subtext of those is actually much better. Uh, I actually think kind of the original point you were making yeah i actually think infinite is the one that does tries to does too much all at once and yeah. ends up like Ooh. not doing anything particularly well yeah i'm, I'm with Adam well on that not one. anything there are things that does well it's just philosophy story um, yeah, the philosophy and the story of bioshock infinite are just all over the place that's my I opinion guess, i think maybe i'm thinking more gameplay wise then just because like i i feel they like did streamline the gameplay yeah maybe, maybe that's it um, well, before we get into that, because that can get into a bigger discussion, mm-hmm. does anybody have any fun or cool memories of this series? Um, uh, I have I have a recent one that I just need to tell you guys. Um, oh, okay. Go for it. So, we're talking about the merits of like the different Bioshock games, and one is pretty great. Infinite's got some cool moments, but in two, um, I was able to play as a drunk-as-fuck Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? So there's a big, there's a, a plasmid you can get where you can drink all the alcohol and you don't take any damage. And I equipped Booze that immediately. Hound. I equipped that immediately. I got it really early. And what that meant for me as a player was every time I saw any any collection of gin or tonic, I just drank all that shit down immediately and just <laughs> rambled through this destroyed city. And like it has a really good drunk effect. Like you, you get all blurry, it gets all like weird and wobbly. And since like the person you're playing as is this big hulking monster it was just the best <laughs> and i've got <laughs> I've, I've got a machine gun mounted to my arm and i'm hacking shit i'm just like i don't give a fuck hey, guys. has anybody <laughs> seen my daughter <laughs> <laughs> oh my what god get down <laughs> hey what are you doing i don't give a fuck about your weird ass bullshit <laughs> oh um, god um, that's amazing it, it was do i have any fun memories uh I think for fun memories, like I said, uh, you know, helping my friends and then, like, having, like, this weird encyclopedic knowledge of, like, at least the first, like, three zones of Bioshock 1 before mm-hmm. I actually got the game was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I remember there's a scene in Bioshock 1 where you're in Sander Cohen's area. That's the guy oh. with, like, the the, the, pot, the marionettes. Or, not marionettes. They're, like, the, the models and stuff like that. The models, the sculptures, yeah. Thank he, you. He's the mad artist, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Cohen's great. I love oh, Cohen. Dude, Cohen. Uh, but there's the scene where you walk. There's a you're walking in a hall. You turn a left, and there's this this fucking empty dark room, and all there is at the very back is a upgrade machine. Mm. So you walk in, and you're like, well, this is kind of goofy. And you may or may not notice that there are a couple statues, like, looking around at you. And you go over, and you pick up, and you examine the uh, upgrade machine. Mm-hmm. And if you turn around, you'll notice that they've that all of the statues have kind of moved a little bit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but it's not until you go over, com- uh, go into the upgrade menu, pick your upgrade, and turn around, that you notice that... All of the statues are now in your face, and then the lights go out, and they come back up, and they are gone. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, and this oh. triggers the, uh, I think they're called the painted splicers. Uh. Uh, and they are entirely silent, and they sneak up on you all the time, and that area is terrible. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not quite as bad as when I, I mean, like... I, I remember I went to Arcadia and I I ran into an enemy type that just like refused to show itself to me, mm-hmm. and it That's just like they kept the, making uh... noises, and I was just like, "Could you people show up so I can shoot you?" Oh, uh, that's probably the Houdini spi- splicer. Yeah, the, it is. Um, the... and they were just like teleporting everywhere, and I was just like, "You little assholes!" Because <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, you get your guns and you get your plasmids, which are your kind of powers, but like. Up until that point, the Houdini Splicers uh, are the first people who are like, hey, I got powers too. I'm going to laugh at you every time I warp later, loser. Yeah, it's, they're like, they're super annoying and they were super creepy when I first ran into them. Um, honestly, the most memorable scene for me is is probably one of the story scenes where you're trying to, uh, like, you need to save uh, the city. I forget the name of the city. Rapture? Rapture, Rapture thank you. I don't know why I forgot. Um and you show up at the botanist place because that's how you're going to release the air to, to keep yourself from mm-hmm. dying. Oh, yeah. Um, and you get there and she's been gassed by Andrew Ryan, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And you just, like, watch her hands go down the, the window. And I was just like, whoa, hello. Mm-hmm. It's a very striking scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she also, like, writes out the code you need. Right, right, yeah. Oh, God, that's uh, right. Yeah. I do remember that. That's I, a story bit. That, that's where you get the bees, right? bees bees did we explain that 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 in bioshock one and one two and infinite the the plasmids give you these crazy like supernatural powers and all of them all of the games have one where it's like throw animal it's yeah it's it's basically throw animal at the enemy watch them sort of flat around for a bit and then do it again. Although I hear in, in Bioshock 1, if you upgraded the bees <laughs> all the way to maximum, you would just throw it at a pile of enemies and then they would die eventually. Dude, gotta... in Bioshock 2, Drew, did you max out the bee ta- uh, plasmid? Uh, no, I was an electricity man. I maxed out electricity and I got a lot of passives because, you okay. know, that's just how I roll. <laughs> so if you upgrade the bee, uh, so Bioshock 2, this is kind of where I think, like, where I was saying, like, it does so many cool things with, uh, gameplay mm-hmm. in bioshock 2 if you upgrade your your b ta- uh plasmid up to the max you can just make any corpse a fucking beehive use telekinesis right. and huck a beehive at somebody oh shit <laughs> and then i could do that there's a fucking ability uh your cyclone trap mm-hmm. which bioshock 2's big thing is oh look i got cyclones that i can put and put traps you can put any other plasmid on top of it so it's like cyclone and fire you get a fire tornado 
Cyclone and lightning, lightning tornado, cyclone and bees, bee tornado. <laughs> oh my, I regret not getting the bees then, shit. Bees! It's bees! just, it's so creepy, it's such a creepy thing, it's like, no, I just, oh. I'll just shoot lightning instead. No, uh, dude. That's actually another, bees? that's a memory for me. The bees, the bees aren't like just on your arm, they are crawling through your hand. Yeah, your it's hand super creepy. I, I hate bees, like, in real life. So the idea of choosing to have them in a fantasy realm is, like, not not for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, again, I, I have heard that, like, the bees in one, I know, I, I think I know this for certain. Um, I think I know this. Uh, <laughs> you can, like, shoot the bees, and then when it kills somebody, they turn into a hive, which spawns more bees, which goes against other people. And that's what I was talking about. You can, like, stun lock a bunch of enemies into yep. death. Yep. Bees are fucked, um, man. Uh, note to self, hashtag bees. Just, just remember. <laughs> That's right. right. Everybody, you ever seen that gif of Oprah going, uh, bees? Oh, it's because she has that plasma. That, that gif is amazing. Uh, I love that. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I that fucking right. gif. Did I have any cool uh, memories from uh, Infinite? I'm trying to think. Uh, there's, the, there's the cool intro scenes that we already talked about. Uh, I, I think when, when uh, Elizabeth is first showing off her powers, is this sort of like, whoa, cool. what the fuck? I there's that scene where you are reunited with her and she's like hooked up to this machine and you have to like you have to help her like get these like giant like like electric wires out of her uh something about that just sticks mm-hmm. with me it was real creepy oh, oh I've got one for uh this is for two and mm-hmm. I'm hoping Drew actually got this uh sublot mm-hmm. uh did you find the audio logs in Bioshock 2 that describe the dad who came to Rapture, yeah. looked for his daughter, did found out that his daughter had become a little sister, and then said, fuck it, make me a big daddy, and just pair us up. I don't care, do it. Oh. And, it's like, and no. then, okay, you may not, I don't know, because a lot of people miss this. Uh, you keep finding all these audio logs about this investigator who's just kind of, who found Rapture, and is like, where's my daughter? Because mm-hmm. one of the problems of two is that there's some like pre-story bit that they've decided you're gonna need to watch our advertising campaign to figure out oh boy fuck fuck you uh but there's like oh uh people keep disappearing and it turns out that uh sophia lamb is capturing them from the surface and bringing them down to rapture Mm -hmm. and this investigator finds out and goes to rapture and says hey where's my daughter oh no she's become a little sister uh make me a big daddy so we can be together you don't find that out unless you kill him and get his audio log off his corpse that's wow there was a plot line where like, there was there there was a guy he was looking for his daughter and he finds his daughter and she is a little sister and then a big mm-hmm. sister comes and kills him that is that a separate yep. plot mate okay but he didn't become and a big you, daddy did he he does because uh he, i believe that's the one that he he becomes a big daddy and one of the big daddies in the area with gill if you oh. kill all the big daddies, he had one of them drops an audio log that finishes off that story. Oh man! Um, oh my god! It's so it's, brutal. It's nuts, and I remember finding that out and feeling really bad because that was the big daddy. Boy, I killed that guy the hardest. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! What did you do to him? It's like, oh, I'm gonna put all these like like I said, one and two have this great gameplay where. These big daddies are just these lumbering things that you put traps around and you can kind of plan your attack. So I threw like a ton of traps. I put a bunch of landmines and then it walked like from down a hall said, hey, 
shot him and he charged through every trap and everything and just ended up dead in front of me. He's like, I did it. Pick up audio log. Like, oh. And his and the little sister, who is theoretically his daughter, is just standing there like, Daddy, wake up. Like, oh, I feel... Oh, I have to. Li- oh. I have to go. Oh. I have to leave. Oh, no. oh dude, <laughs> that's so that's bad. the worst. Holy shit! Oh my god, that's that's oh. a that's a hard memory to go out on, dude. Um, uh, yeah. I, I I think that's any other memories. Are we are we good with the ultra depressing one? Are we good? Uh, I have one really quick one. I mean, okay. I you, you... I have one really quick one too. But okay, oh, lightning round. Let's go. All right, lightning round. Uh, the scene where Booker and Elizabeth sit down and just sing out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. They just, they're in the basement somewhere and they sit down and like Booker pulls out a guitar and just like oh, playing a yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that I was, was just sitting cute. there going like, this is that weird. A, that was a cute moment. It was like cute, but it was one. weird. We're the uh, circle beyond broken. Sorry, sorry. Aww. Right, yeah. Uh, my lightning quick round uh, thing was Drew, you mentioned discussing Bioshock with others. Mm-hmm. This has always turned up poorly for me because I had not only Bioshock 1 spoiled for me, but also Bioshock Infinite spoiled for me. Why Discussing it with others. That sucks. I've told, I told that story about how I read an article of like, oh, difference between Infinite and uh, Dishonored. And right fucking there was like, hey, so here's the twist of Infinite. Like, oh. You know, you know what? Groovy. Can I? Because here's, here's one thing I was thinking about. Like, I remember, this goes into memories, I guess. I remember in being in college and there was this huge discussion about Bioshock Infinite versus Dishonored. And I have no idea well, why we were comparing those two. Because they're incredibly different games. Like, I, do see, you remember? Because I'm, I'm a little I, I don't remember. I don't remember this uh, debate. What I remember is someone standing at the very beginning of Bioshock Infinite just staring at the graphics going like, how did they do this? <laughs> That's what I remember. Uh, I do remember people having big discussions about Infinite and Dishonored, um, and I actually don't think the I don't think the comparisons are uncalled for. I think they I think they are very obvious to me. Why? Because like I remember playing Dishonored and feeling like this is very much like a Bioshock kind of game, not maybe... story or theme wise, but gameplay wise. Yeah, they were. Uh, it, it would Dishonored to me felt like playing Bioshock one or two with like as much stealth as possible kind of deal. I guess. Like, hmm. I guess. But I, I agree. The the whole, like, oh, which is better, I think it was literally just because two AAA games showed up at the same time. And Maybe. they're like, yeah. Maybe. I want to... We're both great games. Can't you play both of us? No, says the gaming community. One of you must be better. <laughs> All right. All right, then it's time. It's time for a question of judgment. What is your favorite entry in the series? And what's your least loved? And what made them stand out for you? Um, right um i would say my favorite is one and i think i I went over why and my least love is probably i mean i least love i guess would have to by default would have to be bioshock 2 because i haven't played it but of the ones i played probably it's infinite um because again infinite was just all over the place Hmm. yeah fair enough can i can i can i ask that can i we've probably gone over this a little bit uh your problems with infinite were more the the philosophy or yeah so the the gameplay was uh hyped sort sort of not hyped it it was much more focused the problem was is that the the gameplay in infinite like you got these vigors which are plasmids um the problem is is that you got eight of them four of them were stuns Mm -hmm. and so you were like 
oh, I can freeze an enemy in four different ways. And it just was kind of weird in that way. Um, and then the other one was, it like, I always felt really, really strapped for ammunition all the time in Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even if I was switching weapons, I was just like, why am I running into so many issues with this? Um, with, with that, like, there was not nearly enough, like, rail flying segments. And I was like, game, you hyped me on this cool mechanic and you barely used it. And you only really, really used it in set pieces. And I'm like, that's not cool. Um, and then, uh, they, they just, like, it felt like they were, like, ten, sorry, not about ten, but more like five different themes that they were, like, touching on, but the, but they didn't really do anything with any of them. Like, you mentioned it before, like, they brought up time travel and then dropped it. And then they, like, brought up parallel worlds. And I guess they kind of kept that all the way to the end. But they kept, like, one thing out of parallel worlds. Um, and then they had... They, they they had like the racism and and nationalism and the evangelicism angle and that just boiled down to radicalism is bad yo and i was like okay and it just felt like <laughs> it felt eclectic like it just yeah. it was so weird like you you met the resistance and they turned out to be radical insane people too and you're just like okay yeah what do you want me to think about this game what is this mm-hmm. fair enough fair enough I, I don't know, like with with infinite like i i guess for me like i i i guess i would have to say of the ones i've played it's it probably is maybe the weakest um mm. i still really like it i still think it's a very confidently made game um mm-hmm. i don't know it's interesting because when i was thinking about it i always thought of it as like well i guess they like again they focus their gameplay they stream some stuff out um i I guess you are right though. Like they they do have a lot of they have a lot of ideas and it seems like none of them stick around very long. So I guess what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Zach, is I agree with you. Oh my know. god, it happened. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so so Drew, would you say one and in, one would be your fair and infinite uh yep. least or yeah, actually, that's... you know, Whoa. I I oh, no. oh, sorry, like um well Zach, are you done? Do you want to keep going? Yeah, I'm done. I thought I thought he was referencing me because I'm a narcissist. Okay. No, no, no. You're fine. Um, so for me, um, again, I'm coming hot off the heels of two. So like, maybe my opinion will change. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but I have to say, like, while one is excellent, one definitely sets everything up. It it gets all the credit, all the love for that. As far as a game mm. that I like thoroughly enjoy and want to go back to, like, I finished, I finished one. I or sorry, I finished two, and immediately was like, I need that DLC. This is so good. Mm-hmm. So like, wow. I, like two is that the me, sorry go is ahead. that the delta that's the delta dlc or something like that um, or? minerva's den i think oh there we go yeah yeah oh, okay like for me it feels like it it made the gameplay tighter um i really like the like the way the plot goes like i know it's not as open world anymore but like i actually like the fact that the game feels like it's building every level feels like it's getting progressively crazier and crazier like i i got to the mission with uh the crazy priest and thought oh wow this is really cool and then mm-hmm. immediately after i get to you know what's his name that like that weird snively conniving guy who ends up betraying you and and then after that i get to like fontaine futuristics which is just like crazy and i'm like okay there's no way they can go better than this and then when they get to eleanor's chapter and it's just like holy holy hell it's so good <laughs> dude just the, the, zach, the scene sorry zach sorry, go no. back and play bioshock 2 uh i don't own it mm. we'll correct this later mm-hmm. okay uh, continue 
Sorry, I, I guess uh, I'm getting off topic, but I have to say, like, two for me feels like it really is a refinement of one, and it shows off, like, a lot of the reasons why the the Shock series works so well. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a really good realization of Rapture. It it has so much character. It has so much, like, very tense moments to it. And I'm I real I'm just so glad I got to re- I got to play it. And yeah, as far as like I I feel bad saying Infinite is like it's it's hard to say that it's bad. I still really like it, as I said before. But I think of the mm-hmm. three, it's the one that I come away with the most like, huh? Like it's the one that I come away with yeah. the most like. I feel like there were things that maybe didn't quite hit their mark. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think one it. I think with one, maybe if I replayed it, I'd see more flaws just because it's old. But the fact of the matter is it, it came down and it came down so hard. It's kind of like, yeah. I can't yeah. really knock it, you know? Um, yeah, I I think with one, um, it was doing a lot of, it was juggling a lot of things. And I think there were like two like two or three threads that it just nailed really well. Mm-hmm. There were a couple that were just sort of like, didn't go anywhere but i think at least with those things they progressed through the game like they went yeah. somewhere with it and i think the and the issue with with infinite is just it didn't go anywhere with it mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say so for my favorite and least uh i think it's pretty obvious that i fucking adore bioshock one i think like the, it does have its kind of flaws but and i think that's kind of just the age of when it came out kind of thing um mm-hmm. but the the story just works so well for me, and I love, like, exploring it. And I think that's the big thing for me that makes Bioshock 1 my favorite, is that uh, Bioshock 1 lets you kind of explore Rapture and, like, really kind of poke around and kind of go where you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like that, and I like that it has that philosophy of, like, you know, what would happen if you kind of tried to take the best and brightest and just said, oh, everybody for yourself, like, how would that turn out? And I think that's really interesting. Uh, so I have the story. I love the gameplay that it gives you so many options, like with the guns, the plasmids, uh, and the big daddies, like as a concept of like, hey, there are just these big enemies that you can plan any attack you want and go nuts. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just think Bioshock 1 is a fantastic game. Um, I think the one fault, and I already said this, so I won't go too much more into it, of Bioshock 1 is that uh, it wants to seem like it has this big choice, this moral choice thing in mm-hmm. it. But when you really boil it down, it is a very binary choice. Uh, and I've always thought in my head, how cool it have been in Bioshock 1 if you actually found like little story or plot lines about each of the little sisters you were going to find and like learned about them before they became little sisters. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like learn like, well, this character did this. Like, do I really want to save them? So it actually does like have some more of like, because in Bioshock 1, it's, it's harvest or save. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're just like, when you look at it, it's like from just a gameplay thing. It's just like, well, there's this little girl that I don't know who you are. Uh, I have this choice and I know it's a binary. But if you had like context for each one of like, this one was just captured and like really had no choice. And I was like, I, yeah, I'd much rather save than like say like, this person did all these terrible things and, you know, tried to like weasel her way out of this by becoming a little sister like i don't know if i'd save you kind of deal to be fair these kids are like eight years old so yeah i know i I know like eight you're probably gonna save all of them anyways Uh, i know but like you get what i'm kind of saying of like when i was saying like it wants to present this big moral choice but it's like uh, yeah um, yeah but you're right they are children and you're like well i naturally want to save them i uh sorry go ahead i will say for drew Mm-hmm. Bioshock 2, I think, 
has a bad case of being the follow-up game mm-hmm. where dude bioshock 2 does so many things right that i still have no idea why it didn't like like why it didn't take off as much because you're right like uh you do lose the world exploration bit but what you gain is very like structured levels that mm-hmm. they know you have x y and z we can throw this at you now mm-hmm. and each level is perfectly crafted for what the story it's going to tell like like drew you actually reminded me that yeah that orphanage level is fucking rad <laughs> um uh, oh the the bit the level with eleanor mm-hmm. where you actually like get to see her backstory that level's fantastic uh, just, uh, just just like when when you take over a little sister and you see the world through their eyes and it's just like oh this is horrifying oh, oh this God. is terrifying but like like the story is really good in bioshock 2 the gameplay is so well refined even if it ditches pipe dream i'm I'm sorry adam i'm sorry but even i'll admit i'm on the fringe of i like pipe dream uh so many things work for bioshock 2 uh but i will say my favorite is still one just because i have a soft spot the uh, no i i always have a very big soft spot for the progenitor of a series of like this is where it starts things like because there's so many cool things it was the start of uh, mm-hmm. But I do think Bioshock 2 is really cool. I think my least favorite would probably be Infinite, as we've kind of said. Uh, mm-hmm. There are really cool bits in Infinite. Mm-hmm. And my problem is that none of those threads go to where you'd want them to go. Like, the nationalism thing, I actually liked that the most. And I was really hoping that that would be the main plot line. But no, it turns out it's parallel li- like timelines. And that fucking makes no sense. You, you know what I think it is, yeah. now that you're you guys are talking about it? Columbia as a city is super cool. And uh-huh. the main and the main plot of Infinite with Booker and Elizabeth really has nothing to do with Columbia. Like no, they're completely not at all. attached. That's like, that's my thing of like oh to, to quickly interrupt. Bioshock one, when I talk about exploration, it's because the city of Rapture is its own character, and I find it so fascinating mm-hmm. that when I came to Infinite, I wanted the same out of Columbia, but I didn't get it. Yeah, you got like mm-hmm. no like oh this is Columbia. You're and like and I think as Drew mentioned, like y- your personal plot has nothing to do with Columbia. It, like Columbia could go burn and fall to the ground, and your plot would still have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean like Booker's origin technically takes place in like what Rapture, right? Like they. God, I hate I hate it so much that they tied those two like cities together. I mean, oh, I forgot till you just mentioned it. Oh my god, I'm so it, mad. I, I didn't find it that bad. I just found it weird. Although Booker's not directly connected to Rapture, is he? Okay, uh, yeah, uh, I believe he is. Oh. I, I didn't. I remember that in Bioshock Infinite, there is a. Okay, I no, I'd, I'd go on too much. The ending of Infinite really upsets me. Yeah, the ending of Infinite was weird. Like, you go to Rapture in the ending of Infinite. Ooh, that's stupid. <laughs> Consider think... this, and somebody pointed this out to me, and ever since I noticed this, I can't take that game seriously. So that game wants to say it has infin- it's about infinite timelines, right? Right. Mm-hmm. One of the main key points that, they, that Infinite brings up is that there's a character that is going insane, and the reason he's going insane is because in some timeline, he is dead. Mm-hmm. okay really can think about this it's infinite timelines there are thousands of timelines where you are dead why is everybody not going nuts all of the time mm. yeah oh um, why why oh. does going back to okay another one and this is the main point and this really upset me mm-hmm. at the very end of bioshock infinite they drown booker because when he gets oh, baptized right. <laughs> he'll go on to become comstock or he leaves and he doesn't 
Mm -hmm. Killing him at that point solves nothing because there are infinite possibilities of where he still becomes Comstock. Mm -hmm. Maybe he leaves the baptism and then says, ah, fuck it, I'm going to go back. That was a bad decision. (laughs) It's like, video game? Your timeline actually splits when the font, when the, uh... The twins are born because mm. one of them is in Booker's timeline and the other isn't. Mm, you have yeah. to kill them. Mm. Then you have to kill their parents if you want to stop this. <laughs> it's like infinite. And even then, like again, it's it's infinite timelines. It's like when you say infinite timelines, that means there is a certain inevitability. Like there is an I, inevitability that there will always be so, certain things. Like, I guess that's always, my problem. Everything with will always happen. That's my problem with infinite. Um it had this really cool nationalistic evangelical kind of thing with its city and the plot line it and i was actually super on board with exploring like a father-daughter kind of thing with mm-hmm. booker mm-hmm. um and i actually do like how their plot line ends like as much like i like that you kind of get that bit after the credits i love mm-hmm. that part that's great <laughs> um but like because it's actually a happy ending it's like oh that's nice like <laughs> i'm trying to remember oh, and, and what, that, what was the post credits ending fucking, of that game? okay the post credits ending is that booker in a different timeline where he is still alive, so we didn't actually kill him. Oh, right. Opens a door and he hears Elizabeth crying. And it's like, oh, he has his daughter. Oh, fantastic. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, I'm so like, mad. Adam, oh, um, you were you were talking about it, okay. Infinite. You were talking about Infinite. So Infinite has this really cool city, has all these really cool themes, and it upsets me to no end that the plot line they decided to run with was the weird Infinite plot lines thing. Hmm. why in god's name did you need to put that in yeah they went with their metaphysical bullshit you already had if you wanted to have superpowers you already had plasmids and in the way of vigors Hmm. uh or you know i don't know i'm getting mixed up because it really it, it it's one of those things of like i don't like this entry please don't tie it back to rapture which i could those two games be perfect ah son of a bitch you did it did you have any interest in playing the DLC where it's not even a minute? (laughs) I do not care. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll check it out at some point. I I don't know. Maybe they do a good job, but it's kind of like, I don't want the mess that's, that's infinite to be tacked on with the perfection that I find in one and two. I see. I see. I, I might be more forgiving of metaphysical weirdness, but I, I definitely agree. Like Columbia (sighs) doesn't seem like I, I, as I said, I don't see how the two are connected, but you know. Right. Ken Levine, you <laughs> bastard! Well, hey, on, he left. That... He's gone. Well, I thought the entire studio left, right? Or I don't know. Yeah, the whole they, studio. They're all gone. They're all That's gone. Sad. No more Bioshock. They, they, they left find... such a good. They oh left yeah. Such an impression on the industry. That's sad. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what I actually think. Uh, mm. This is kind of in. This is like just kind of industry knowledge thing of the reason Infinite feels kind of like a hodgepodge it's because i believe they were running out of budget and time wow. so i don't know if they like maybe he had this all planned out uh i i've also heard like reports of like oh it was like publisher meddling if they wanted it more shooter but levine wanted it more kind of like uh almost point and click adventure kind of thing right oh right that was another thing okay so this is this is a primary thing like they sold you on the idea that you were walking around a living city. That was their whole shtick, like their marketing shtick, mm-hmm. was that that Columbia would be a living city, and you got none of that in the game. Mm. Um, no, that's not true. It was living for like you know an hour or three. Yeah, it was. It was like living for like an hour or three. Like I thought the game was going to be structured more like you're wander- you, you go around town and you end up in firefights in like alleyways and bars and things like that because that's what the fucking trailer shows you. 
Um, okay, well... Okay, well, now uh, now we can title the episode... Now that's what I called Bashing on Infinite. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you cut out a little bit. Could you repeat that, please? Oh, uh, I was going to say... Well, now that we can successfully call this episode... Now that's what I call Beating the Shit Out of Infinite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, per- perhaps uh, we should... Unless there's anything else to say, um, within reason, perhaps it's time to head on over to Design Club and... Uh... Yay! <laughs> I like this Design Club. So Design I do, Club... I like this one, too. Design Club, and we can do this kind of round robin, we can come up with a couple ideas, but this this week's Design Club is create a revolutionary new plasmid or vigor. Um, the superpowers in the Bioshock games. Um, so yeah, go to town, boys. Let's, let's make oh, some sweet plasmids. plasmids. The plasmids are so cool. They are super cool. Um, I oh, oh man. Quick tangent. Did anybody else get weirded out the first time, like in Bioshock One, where the guy just like, "Hey, what's this needle do?" Well, I don't know. Just sticks it in his arm. And just, yeah, it is a little like, weird. Uh... Well, he's, you're also technically being mind controlled, so. I know, but he's just like, dude, you found that needle in a fucking vending machine. Why? <laughs> he, he was, I don't know. He was pretty open to it. I don't know. Um, yeah, he was. He was super open to it. It was weird. Um. So, so, if I had to make a new plasmid, mm-hmm. I would make one. Oof, this is tough. I would make I, one that does something equivalent of a and D item that just mm-hmm. summons random animals. Ooh, so kind of like bees, but not bees is what you're. Not saying. quite bees. More like you're summoning an actual random animal, and it just mm-hmm. gets lobbed. I see. Mm. I like. I it. remember I like the, it. But the, what, what the random universe, animal? like squirrels, rodents. <gasps> well, how would you attract them? Because that's yeah, Bioshock you have to one, like bring them in. In Bioshock 1 and 2, the in-universe explanation about why you can send out bees is that you're injecting something into your arm that makes your arm produce the smell of a queen bee and that your body, like, morphs to become a hive and that's why the bees gather to you. Mm. So, how would you attract squirrels? Oh, wait, no. you could have it oh so God. that you have your hands emit like nutty a nutty scent. <laughs> a nutty scent. Welcome to the squirrels. Um. I like this idea of like, oh look at this acorn scented hand lotion. What a people! Oh my God! Get rid! Get go away! Go away, squirrel! <laughs> I can already see like the little like uh, advert they would do. Like, come on in. Sm- I, I don't know. Like I can see it. I can't simulate it, but I think it'd be fun. Come on in, enjoy the squirrels. Dazzle your, dazzle your enemy with your squirrel allies. Hold R, hold R one to launch a nut and send your furry friends to attack. See, that's what that's, it is. There that's we go. What it is. I like that's that. Good. Okay, uh, I got one. Um, I would call mine devil music, and what it would do oh, is no. you would, oh, God. you would no, you would emit, you would emit sounds that would paralyze people, like paralyze your enemies, or ah, if it was I see a, another it was stun. Not, if it was not okay it doesn't have to be a stun i'm just thinking a power might be fun if you could like generate like like dark music or like just like some kind of like moody you know how about this it's a plasmid that changes your vocal cords so that you emit frequencies that dazzle your opponents in such a way that they just sort of are enamored by you like instead of having like you know people going getting all freaked out they're just like listening to your beautiful honeyed tones and going like whoa my mind. Hmm. That'd be kind of neat. That would be pretty cool. Um, you kind of be like anything you. How was I going to say this? I remember I had an idea for. There... I need to look up one moment. I need to look up Bioshock Plasmids. Uh, I remember talking with our buddy Alec at one point about um, about plasmids or just different superpowers, and I always remembered one 
that was basically uh, hype control. What? Hype control? So here's how it works, all right? Here's how it works. Either by mental power, because plasmids apparently can give you telekinesis, or by pheromone suggestion, you basically make somebody more or less excited about something. So, like, I could say... So I really want pizza, but Drew, you're maybe not so hot on pizza, which is long, which is a lie because Drew is always hyped on pizza. Yeah, it's true. Ooh, ooh. but uh, so like, let's see, uh, Drew, what's what's something like? Okay, so it's Drew's turn to wash the dishes, but he doesn't want to. But I don't want to, so I use my plasma and say, "Hey, Drew, you should wash those dishes." And I get him more and more excited about washing the dishes. So he's like, "I'm gonna go do that." It's like, mm. or let's say Zach. Uh, wants to do something but i'm like i don't want to do that i can make him more and more unexcited about this till he's like actually let's not do anything so say, you yes. would you would either soothe or riot emotions is that what you're saying that's right i think what me and alec called it was hype bending because i, let... I think <laughs> oh my goodness okay you need you because need to snap like, uh you're super excited oh you're not so excited anymore and it's you like need... that's a pa- that's a power right there that is a power yeah. Uh, what would I get? Okay, height bending. I like I like the term height bending. Um, damn, that's a good one. That's a good like, one, Adam. Right? Good one. Like, I I was thinking to myself the other day, like, what's the ultimate power? Like, making somebody more or less excited about their own idea is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, if I had, I, I could go with a more generic one in the like basic empathy. Like, sorry, being an empath and being able to read people's like initial like current emotional state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that can work yeah yeah uh you know oh, be a handy God. plasmid what? like being being able to inject yourself and be able to understand like like any language or oh yeah, yeah. To talk to other animals and stuff like that it's like oh, shit, oh my god a, animal talking one. yes thank you that one's beautiful mm. um hmm. i you know what i actually have to uh, i have to say in bioshock one there is a plasmid that is literally like a rage induced thing like it's a, this yeah little... there, there is it's literally called enrage it's like this glob that you huck at somebody and they get super angry. They just attack like, anybody. It's like, oh, damn, that's that, that's sneaky. That fucking reminds me. Um, a plasmid that uh, that is is like Enrage, but it does what Confused does in the Persona games instead. Mm. And that it forces, it, it confuses them and has them drop their items and throw money on the ground. Uh, okay, I got <laughs> one. I got one. Go for um, it. I would call it Green Thumb and it would give you the... It would basically get you more attuned with plant life. So you would be a really good farmer. You would be able to, you know, raise crops better than other folks. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess in the games, I don't know, you summon vines or evil fruit of some kind. I don't know. Well, if it worked like like hyper accelerated like plant growth, you could literally like shoot vines out your arm and like pull stuff back to you. Ooh, yeah, that's clever. You basically like a like a plant grappling hook. Yeah, nice. or like maybe maybe some that kind of webbing, right? Like you would like have all the underwater vegetation grow really quickly, and like maybe you could use it to like set traps and block your enemies from like getting I mean, close to you. If we're going with webbing, then why don't we just go with straight spider webbing? Uh, because I said green thumb, and I had to stay on on theme. Is what I had to do. Well, it's okay. That's well, right. We can have multiple. We can. We can. So. We can. So Spider Man. Oh uh, god! But see, like then now. So this is just shooting out webs. Now, yeah. if I understand Bioshock at all, doesn't your arm become like this horrible spider butt? Pretty much. Uh... <laughs> or do you gain a horrible spider butt? I don't want that. I don't want either of these. I veto this plasmid. <laughs> no spider webbing here. Oh dear. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what. I think an invisibility plasmid, if 
one doesn't already oh, like exist. Oh, like camouflage? Yeah, like deal? camouflage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, that'd be good. It, 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 like, tra- change your whole skin. Like, oh, I can be all chameleon-y, like, and exactly, I have optic yeah. camo. They have Drew? Scout in two, but I don't think that's quite the same. Mm-hmm. Drew, I was going to say, I'm surprised you haven't proposed, like, a Blink-style uh Oh, right. I, I feel like that would be cheating, because I think that's why people compare uh, Bioshock to Dishonored. It's because of the powers. Um, huh? I mean, I would love a Blink. I think a Blink should be there. Yeah. Um, blink. Throw Blink in. I love it. God. D- Bioshock 1 and 2 would be fucking busted if you could Blink. <laughs> yeah, they would be. No, actually, like- you know what? Uh, uh, a plasma that makes you either turn gaseous or into a liquid state, like switches Ooh. your 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 state. Mm-hmm. That would be, be interesting. Like gaseous would be really cool because then you could just be like, "Hello, I am intangible." Mm. So mm. you basically get no clip, is what you're saying? Pretty much. I like it. Hopefully, I hopefully like you it. still clip with the floor. Uh, I propose ultimate booze hound, where you drink all the booze and nothing bad happens to you ever. You already have that tonic. I said ultimate booze oh, hound. Ultimate booze hound. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Because you still get drunk if you drink a bunch of booze. It's just you don't get any of like the Eve deduction. So it's like, oh no, I'm out of MP. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, you know what I never understood? How the hell does like rewriting your DNA get you electric powers or uh, fire powers or fucking ice powers? Uh, because it's... magic, bitch. Uh... Uh, that that also makes sense. <laughs> it's sci-fi and wizardry. Um... Actually, you know uh, what? Um, back to the actually, wait, wait. One. Let What's me up? let me rewind. Sea slugs, bitch. Mm, okay, I'm oh, never yeah. gonna say bitch again because I probably shouldn't be. I see. Um, I sea would. Slug. I will say. Um, I think a plasmid that lets you control fish would be something you should be able to do. Like yeah. it maybe wouldn't be very useful, but you're always seeing them. Like maybe you could just communicate yeah. with fish. Talk to be... fish. Oh God. Mm, or or a shark. You could talk to sharks. You could command sharks. They're in the like, game. Like I, I bet, I bet someone really early on in the first Bioshock was like, "Okay, we're we're just we're brainstorming plasmids right now." And you're like, "All right, plasma that lets me control a shark that busts into the fucking room, mm. and then water just starts spewing out into the room." No, the leaky city is <laughs> leaking anymore. Yeah, Stop. exactly. And now it's just flooding. I like how in this world, like, a shark is strong enough to bust through a glass window. Like, Oh, sure. of course. It has to. But I'm just Man. imagining, like, a missile shark. Just like, ah, what's <laughs> all right, up, all right, hold up a sec. What if you could... Remember that opening sequence of Bioshock 1 where you're in the bathosphere and that just that whale is swimming through the city? Right. What if you could summon that whale? Oh, no. Like, oh, no, this big daddy's about to attack me. Whale, go. <laughs> See, what's weird is now we're getting into Dishonored territory with, like, whales and Blink and everything. And I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Just so you know. Oh, just man. I Tell me something. I know this is a tangent. Dishonored 1 and 2. Do I ever get to say, whale, go attack that thing? You don't. Well, wait. In the DLC? Mm, oh. No. No. Right, no, I think, you, don't, you, don't, oh. you don't. You don't. You don't. I think don't, we have veered don't. away from, from the Design Club. We have um, any last we plasmids have... or vi- plasmids or vigors? Any last plasmids or vigors, people? Uh, 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 Going once. Oh, I got uh, one. I got one. I got one. Oh, okay. thank God. Okay, so our final plasmid is one that you take or drink, and you sound like an announcer, and you can narrate your own life, and it happens before you. Oh, whoa! Wow, that's that's, that's like basically that's. You gave yourself god power there. Yeah, programming it would be impossible, but man, it'd be a cool idea. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> well, if if we got no more plasmids or vigors, it might be time to pour some out and do a few toasts to uh, to whatever the heck you want to go do and pour out some toasts for. So, okay. Anyone got any? I got a few. But um, start I... us off, bro. I'll start you off. Okay. So. I got two. I got two toasts, um, and they're both for Bioshock too. Um, one is for Sinclair. His savory southern voice was just so damn fun the entire time through. Um, mm-hmm. And a mm. uh, big old toast to the guy who, in Bioshock two, the credit sequence, they have a thank you notes, right? And there's this giant list of thank you, like, thank you, mom, thank you, dad, oh, thank you for believing me, oh, I want to thank, you know, this person. On this giant list of thank yous, someone instead writes, please help, I'm being held in rapture against my will. Send anything. (laughs) Also, I really like pizza. And I'm just like, oh, man, this dude. (laughs) This dude. That was good, that was solid. (laughs) Um, That's pretty good. I I have an unrelated pour-out. I have a pour-out for the San Francisco shock. Oh, no. You should have beat Dallas, damn it. You I'm can't beat upset. the Dallas what what you have. So upset. <laughs> I'm uh, I I'm have sorry, a I guess I have two toasts. One, I'm gonna toast Monster Hunter World. God hey, boy howdy, that's a that's a good video game. That's a good <laughs> what a game good video game. <laughs> what a game. And two, what a game. Two, um I'm gonna do it actually this is more pour out, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna pour one out. And kind of a toast to Ken Levine, mm-hmm. the, oh, the right. main creative force behind Bioshock. I want to toast because he has made some fantastic games. Mm-hmm. You know, despite kind of like ups and downs, all three of them are really worth playing. I'm going to pour one out because, dude, you guys didn't deserve to get like disbanded like that. That's fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Ken, wasn't, uh, did Ken Levine shut his studio down or was it more like he ran out of money and had to shut it down? I don't know. I I'm just, don't know. Every time there's a new game, it's like, this is made by ex-Bioshock members. Like, oh, yeah, there's not going to be a new Bioshock. Oh, God. oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to go back to Wapshire. <laughs> never going back. Adam, Adam, it's going to be okay. Zach, oh. Zach, do you have any wise words oh. to help Adam along his way during his uh, journey? I do. I do have some wise uh, words. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh. It's time now the lesson of the day today's lesson if wait if (laughs) let me rewind that hey there everybody it's time now for the lesson of the day today's lesson if you come up with magical superpowers for your city please be responsible and add some regulations to them and that's the lesson of the day thanks everybody I'm going to make a utopia with laws and rules. Maybe having a lawless society of super geniuses wasn't such a good idea anyway. Mm-hmm. We've all learned such valuable lessons. My God. Hooray! Mm-hmm. All right, listener. Thank you so much for tuning in once again for another lovely episode. If you got anything to tell us about or want to ask or just want to say hi, you can always reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or at Team Nitwick, uh, sorry, at uh, at Team Nitwick at gmail.com. Sorry, I goofed that up a bit, but that's Team Nitwick at gmail.com. That's Team N I T 
uh, WIC at gmail.com. Uh, next week, we're going to cap off our month of shooters with the primest of shooters, Metroid Prime. I am super freaking excited, um, and I hope I have, you are too. Um, I have like one week to gather as much information <laughs> as I can on this game. Go, <laughs> you Zach. Have games. Fly Go. Your <laughs> oh, no. Uh, as is usually the case, um, music this week was by Pro Leader, and we're going to try and throw in some Bioshock stuff for you as well. Um, have a great week. Uh, we love you to death, and we'll be talking to you real soon. Adios! Adios! A good Adios! Bye! If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms, I'll go sailing. It's far beyond the star, it's near beyond the moon. I know beyond a doubt. My heart will lead me there soon We'll meet Beyond the shore We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I go sailing